Welcome back into another Owen show. I am Owen Burke, joined alongside by Tim Hunt for episode 22. Tim, how you doing today? You know, uh, can't complain. It's uh, it's a good day. We're back in person again, so that's always nice. You know, a good switch up there. Living the dream, as they would say. So, uh, no fan questions this week. We will have some fan questions, but we're going to answer them on our TikTok this week. So if you want to see our fan question, we're going to rank some NBA players. We'll have another TikTok out as well, per the usual schedule. So make sure you hop over to the Boys Don't Lie TikTok. It is Boys Don't Lie Podcast on TikTok. Everybody posts content on there. Sam, Shay, uh, Matt, and Tim, and myself. So Yeah, sometimes. You get uh, you get all, all sides. Just like when you click on us on Spotify or Apple Music, you get every show. So. We normally don't start out with the self promotion, but today we're just we're just full of self promotion. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm in a good mood. I feel good. <laughs> let people know. So we're also going to start doing this thing. Uh, we're gonna do we're gonna do a poll question of the week. So tomorrow, uh, well, I guess timestamp there. Uh, obviously, we are recording a day in advance. So tomorrow, when the show does come out, obviously you're listening to it now. The show's out. Um, go check out my Twitter, Owen underscore Burke. We're going to, I'm going to put this question up for a poll and, uh, everyone's going to go vote on it. And then we're going to talk about the results of it next week. And we'll have a new question next week as well. So yeah, underneath the poll, tweet us either future ideas for questions you want to talk about or um, just fan questions in general, whatever you want to say. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be kind of our, yeah. our go-to spot there for, to kind of get all that Cop info in there out. And be like, this is the dumbest question I've ever read in my life. <laughs> you know, sometimes the dumb questions have to be asked. You know, so, it, it can be like that sometimes. So that it can be. So, this week's poll question is going to be: Which quarterback would you want to start next season with out of these four? Russell Wilson, obviously the new quarterback of the Broncos. Deshaun Watson, who is more likely to be on the move, mo- most most likely on the move. Yep. Uh, Matt Ryan, who could possibly be moved if Deshaun Watson lands in Atlanta, and Baker Mayfield, which sounds like. From every report we keep getting, it sounds yeah, more and more on. likely that without even with even if they don't land Deshaun Watson in Cleveland, that Baker Mayfield is most likely gone. So, which quarterback would you rather start the season with? Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan, or Baker Mayfield? Make sure you guys go check that out. Owen underscore Burke on Twitter. B-E-R-K. Vote on that. We'll talk about it next week. And if you have any comments that you feel like we should talk about next week, you know, if the poll floats one way and you voted the other. That's fine. Tell us, tell us uh, what you think about about the the results of it as well underneath there. So, before we get into all of our our free agency hullabaloo that is today and this week, a quick word from our sponsor, No Limit Fantasy Sports. Fantasy sports is a term that refers to a contest of skill in which users compete against each other by creating teams consisting of real players from a professional sport. You can win these contests by choosing the players that you think will perform well in a real-life sports event. These players get rated on their performance in the games that they play for their club. A point system based on the individual's actions of the players is used to decide the score of the individual player on the No Limit Fantasy Sports platform. These points are called fantasy points, and the more points your player has, the better, because if your team has the most points at the end of the contest, you will win. Sign up today at NoLimitFantasy.com. So they do daily fantasy stuff. So if you're if you're like me and Tim and you just eat, sleep, and breathe football or basketball and you just – I don't even want to wait till the end of the week to see who wins the matchup. I just want to do it Sunday. I want to do a separate game on Thursday and a separate game on Monday. They got it. 
They got all the same game stuff out there over at No Limit Fantasy Sports, so make sure you guys go check that out. So, how do you want to attack for agency? This is, this, I guess, this is a question we should have addressed beforehand. Um, we're going to go, the. I sent a link in there, and we're going to go by money, but we're going to start out with the QB talk first. Uh, okay. So I definitely jumped right over the top of that. Yeah, day. you know, if reading a script is some some part of being a podcaster. Sometimes it's not, but uh, we will we will be following. It is, but just because it is doesn't mean <laughs> I'm good at it. So we're gonna we're gonna start out with kind of the QBs, get get them out of the way first, and we'll transition into more of the the free agent talk. Um, first QB I want to talk about today was Deshaun Watson. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the it's getting narrower, the teams that he said he's interested in and yeah. the teams that are interested in. So, um, And I would say this is probably as, as warm as it's going to get. Uh, where do you think he, he ultimately ends up? If I had to guess... Do you want to cap... Do you want to list off all the teams that are interested still? Yeah, so um, the Saints were interested, the Panthers, basically the entire NFC South that's not Tampa Bay. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So the the Falcons, the Panthers, and the Saints all want him. Uh, the Colts want him, but the Texans have since denied the opportunity for him to speak to them. Obviously, you're not going to trade a guy in division like that, especially not a superstar quarterback. Um, Seattle was a name that was thrown in a little bit here and there, which I thought was weird, but it has been mentioned. And uh, Cleveland has now thrown their name in the hat as well, m- looking to possibly move on from Baker Mayfield. So, did I miss anybody out? Nope. I think you got everybody. Yeah. Um, so, this is tough because, um, I mean, there's always, there's always a natural fit between teams that need a quarterback and a superstar quarterback. Um, if I had to try to pick where I feel like he's going to land, I think – Carolina, I think, is going to be the team that I feel like is probably going to be most aggressive. Um, I think Carolina will gun after him pretty hard. And I also think Cleveland um, is probably going to gun after him. And I feel, honestly, I hate to say it, and I really hope it doesn't happen, but I feel like Cleveland's going to be the team that ends up to get him. The reports that were rumored today is that Cleveland is offering the most out of anybody. They have the most to give up. Right. Because they could go offer, like, Kareem Hunt, three first-round picks, and Jeremiah Wusukoromoa from last year. Yeah. And, hey, guess what? They still have a top-five running back. They can replace Wusukoromoa if need be. They still have a pretty legit receiver core for the most part. Yeah. I mean, and they have a little bit of money to spend to go address a hole that they create as well at this point. There's still plenty of talent on the board come free agency. Um so I feel like Cleveland can give up the most without feeling it just because they have depth at certain positions, at valuable positions as well. Um, I think Grant Delpit would be another name that could possibly, you could see, float into that, uh, into a trade conversation, and possibly one of their O-linemen. I would say J.C. Treader, but obviously he got cut the other day. Um, I don't know if they want to lose two of their offensive linemen, but they still have two of the best guards in football in Joel Bitonio and uh, – Batonio and uh, Wyatt Teller, so they're uh they they definitely have the most talent out of the the five six teams that are in the hunt at this point. And and it makes sense to me at least for a lot of reasons that Cleveland would want to go because it kind of fits the timeline, right? Because their timeline was built around Baker Mayfield. Hey, you know, in his third or fourth year, this team will be good enough to get to a Super Bowl. It is good enough right now to probably be at least a contender for a Super Bowl. Maybe not. There was a lot of hype last year that they would be good enough, and then we saw a lot of pieces kind of fall out of place. OBJ's yeah. falling off. 
Um, Jarvis Landry got cut. Jarvis Landry got cut. They cut, uh, like you said, JC uh, Treader. JC Treader, thank you. So they they've moved off some, some big pieces and some surprising pieces too. I think Clowney's a free agent too. Still, yeah, he Clowney's a free agent. So there's they're not maybe as set up as they were last year with you know two elite wide receivers and and everything like that, but. I mean, this team is good. It's it's a really good team to come into. I think it's probably the most stable team as well. I think Matt Rule might be coaching for his job next year if, if they underperform with Deshaun Watson. Um, I I mean, Atlanta kind of makes sense. I don't know if that team has enough talent to compete for a Super Bowl right now. Their um, defense definitely doesn't. Right. Point. They just lost their best linebacker, too, to the Jags in free agency. Uh, they, I think Aluikin had 192 tackles last year, and they just – let them walk. Let them walk. Like, get out of here. So, yeah, I mean, to me, Cleveland makes a ton of sense. I have no idea how the Saints would make that cap number work at all. I remember seeing that headline, and I thought the same thing, and Ian Rappaport immediately quoted or Shefty immediately quoted to it, and was like, yes, they can fit Deshaun Watson underneath the cap. And I'm like, how? How is this possible? I don't understand. Who, who, Whoever is their cap genius, I can't remember that guy's name. That guy deserves a raise. Like, he needs to be making – he needs to be making at least a million dollars a year because they somehow can flex money all the time. Um, so, I don't know. I think Carolina would at least be interesting. I would kind of contradict the rumors that they were looking to kind of move off of Christian McCaffrey, which we kind of heard early on in free agency. So. I think one of the two things is going to happen. I think You think they get left out of a quarterback and then they get rid of him? blow it up, yeah. Or, I mean, do you feel like there's a possibility that CMC becomes a Texan? In that move, that could be that would be interesting. It wouldn't make any sense for the Texans to want to take that back. I would agree because it's not like you're in win now mode, and it's like a really expensive running back that's not going to help you rebuild your franchise really. So, if anything, he's just going to be the crutch to where you feel like you don't need to rebuild it. He's going to get you to six to ten wins, honestly. Yeah, with Davis Mills and CMC going forward, maybe. Like, so I think that's the issue. He's hold he'd hold them right above the line where they need to be to rebuild, but also right below the line to contend for a playoff spot. If you take Christian McCaffrey off the Panthers, I think it significantly hurts the talent of that team. I would agree. Because Deshaun Watson's shown up and, like, yeah, they have DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, but, like, is a top five running back in the game, top two running back in the game when healthy. Yeah. So that is tough. So I don't know. I'd be – it'd be interesting to kind of see, see where he goes, but – I, I thought the whole time I thought it was going to end up being Carolina at the at the end of the day. I would agree. And it definitely does not look like it's going to be. So uh, I I do find it hilarious that people really thought the Colts ever had a shot at all. There's no way you trade them within division. It's not. It would ne- literally there's never a situation ever where a quarterback of that caliber would be moved in the division. Colts it, Colts would better hope for he goes to Cleveland and they can end up with Baker Mayfield. You know, yeah, I, I was talking to my buddy today. I was talking to Tyler and he said, "Just bring Baker Mayfield to Indy already," because I saw a report that like they're most likely to move on for Baker even without Deshaun. Like that they may just draft a QB or like reset at the quarterback position and get somebody else, which is crazy. Or they go get Jimmy G and move Baker to Indy. I'm not a Baker Mayfield guy, but I'm also not the kind of guy that's really excited about a team that has no plans going into next season. Yeah, um, we'll kind of transition this into the next one, just talking about Baker and the Browns. Um, you could say, I mean, we've sat here before and berated him and talked about there's upgrades to be had, and you can get a you can get a better quarterback or you know whatever the case may be. He's not top sixteen in the league. 
the Browns today are not who they are and where they are without Baker Mayfield. I think what is so sickening to me, and it's it's really easy for me too, because being a Ravens fan and being able to sit there and watch that franchise and um, like I've, I mean, I've been extremely close to the Browns. Though it's just like you've been extremely close to the Jets and their miserable fan base. Right. It is sickening to see how quickly Browns fans forget what that team played like before he got there. Yeah, like you I, were you were in a pit a a twenty year bottomless pit of despair before that quarterback ended up in Cleveland. Do you think it's the fans though? I really don't think. I think it's more of Cleveland media has turned it's on him. Everybody, the front office, the fan base, and the and the media. I don't know his the his, media spurs it all, and I think the the front office has never been a huge fan just because we all saw what Baker Mayfield was at OU. We all remember the sideline stuff at KU and that away game. We know his history, his his history with the law. Like we all know, who Baker Mayfield is, and outside of the four or five occasions, he's not a bad guy at all. And I feel like the front office turned on him, the media has now turned the fan base on him. And yeah, as much as there's an upgrade to be had, and I can't blame the brown the the Browns for trying to get Deshaun Watson. Like this, this is a team that won like six games in like 15 years before he got there. Like that team was garbage. Like it was bad. It's, we we're talking about him as Super Bowl contenders. That team was like there was no level of bad worse. The Detroit Lions were a better franchise than the Cleveland Browns up until three, four years ago. Well, when you think about how bad the Browns are, you think about the jersey the one guy had where it was like Tim Couch and it was every quarterback since Tim Couch. Yeah, since 97, I want to say. Yeah, it's like an absurd amount of, of yeah, quarterbacks. Yeah, there's 22 quarterbacks through. on the list. Yeah. Manziel, Hoyer, Tyrod Taylor. The li- Brock I mean, I, Osweiler, yeah, I can't RG3. Sit here and, I cannot sit here and name all 22 for you. I can't. I can't, but it's it's a lot. I don't know. I think the fans still have Baker Mayfield's back. Uh I mean, that tweet he put out yesterday of his message got 90,000 likes, so. I wonder what the comments were like on that. I'd be curious. I I feel like it was a smart decision by him to do that anyways, to kind of, you know, send that goodbye. But, I mean, that that was still a pretty big reaction from the fans. I I feel like a couple of things. This is interesting from a team-building standpoint because – he is okay, right? Like, and we've seen okay quarterbacks like Jared Goff. That's that's who feels like a really good comp to me is Jared Goff to Baker Mayfield. Where, and I think Cleveland's coming to the realization that Jared, like Baker Mayfield, is Jared Goff, just like without before they gave him the big contract, like three years before the Rams decided, hey, we're going to move off of Jared Goff. Um, Cleveland is now going, okay, we don't want to end up in that situation where we have a really good team and a really mediocre quarterback, and we have to make a big upgrade. So that's why, to me, it feels like going for a Deshaun Watson, you know, feels like the aggressive play to put their team in a win now. Um, And especially with their division around them, too. It's like the AFC North, man. I mean, who knows what the Steelers are doing. But Yeah, we'll talk about them. But the Bengals, you know, they had a really good season this year. Uh, The Ravens are gonna be better next year they have to be without there's no way they have that many injuries again like that would be crazy so and it has happened before but not in back-to-back years yeah so we've been injury riddled like that one time before and the the crazy thing is is i feel like baltimore is more injury riddled now than the year i'm thinking of and they landed at pick four and got ronnie stanley that year but they're at pick 14 this year so 
I think it's it's interesting that they're making this decision now before they hit kind of the their ceiling. You know, it feels like. Yeah. But I, I do stand corrected. You're right. I went and looked underneath Baker Mayfield's tweet, and it is nothing but love for Browns fans. Yeah. So there's I, all Browns fans that are like, I hate this. Is why I hate this team. I can't fucking stand this organization. There's so many. This is my favorite picture that's underneath it, and it's somebody photoshopped. And it looks like the Cleveland Browns are texting Baker Mayfield back, and it's it's two text messages. It says, "Not reading all that. Still trading you for Deshaun." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, heartbreaking, but true. Yeah. But true. So I don't know. I feel like you you are right. Like Baker Mayfield does deserve some credit from taking a team that was in the like a bottomless pit and the then... bottomless pit. It's like I want to sit here and try to label what they were before he got there. And there's literally no words that are horrible enough to describe what that fan base went through for the twenty years before he got there. Last time they made the playoffs, you know who their head coach was? <sighs> Bill Belichick. Bill it? Belichick. That's yeah. what I thought. I was like, I feel like Or or sorry, since the last time before before like this modern era of the Browns, the last time they won a playoff game, Bill Belichick was their head coach. Mm. And that was Ninety-seven. Uh, it was the year before. It was two years before they became the Baltimore Ravens. So, so that would have been ninety-four. Ninety-four. Yep. Yeah, so ninety-four, they won, and then the next year they announced that they were moving the team to Baltimore. Yeah, they were like eight and zero to start the year, and Art Modell's like, "By the way, we're moving the team." <laughs> yeah. And then they finished the year like nine and seven, Something lost like that. the playoff game, moved to Baltimore, and then nineteen ninety-six Baltimore drafted. They had two first-round picks. Jonathan Ogden and Ray Lewis, yeah. two Hall of Famers. So it's weird, weird how that all yeah. that all happened. But yeah, it's been Cleve- Cleveland's had a rough go, and Baker Mayfield's done a lot to turn it around. But I don't know. I think it's good of Cleveland to be able to recognize this. I mean, again, I wouldn't just move off of them. Like if like what what's the what are they going to get for him? I I agree, but it, it's the same at the time. Like this feels like a spot where a change of scenery is needed. It felt Absolutely. like, yeah. It felt like, like if the Eagles didn't get Jalen Hurts, like it felt like Carson Wentz needed to be moved. You know, like they had to kind of move off of him at a certain point. And I feel like the Browns are at this point, especially now after what we've seen this last week. Um, there's still quarterbacks available. I mean, I think the Browns have got to be gung ho about getting a Jimmy G at this point. Or why? I mean, to me at least, Jimmy G Baker Mayfield to Jimmy G is a small gain if any at all if it's it's a gain the floor is higher but the ceiling is lower yes yeah it would be a better guarantee for this next season i would say gun after deshaun watson if you want to move baker mayfield. what i mean what does baker mayfield get if carson wentz got two third rounders or basically right or two second rounders yeah it's like baker mayfield's at least worth that right like he's got to be worth wentz's deal easily with how bad wentz has played the last couple of years i think baker mayfield's got to be worth more yeah, I would agree. And I think he's going to have suitors as well. Yeah, I think I, – I don't understand the decision to move off of him now. I think I would sit one more year with him and see and then try to move. But Try to move him next year when there's actually quarterbacks to draft. Now, that well. all changes if you get Deshaun Watson. If I get yeah. Deshaun Watson, I'm, I'm go ahead and I'm doing that. But yeah. otherwise, I you know, I think, uh, I think I'm going to ride it out one more year. I still think Baker Mayfield could be a franchise quarterback. I wouldn't say it's probable. I think it's possible. What do you define as a franchise quarterback, though? Do you think Do you think Jared Goff is a franchise quarterback? No. You don't think Jared Goff is a franchise quarterback? I think like Matt Ryan's a franchise quarterback. 
Okay. Like, I, I think Matt Ryan's a franchise quarterback. Did you, Kirk Cousins, like... I, yeah, I could see Kirk Cousins. See, but I loop, I loop them all in one group. Like Franchise my, quarterbacks, to me, is usually like the 10 to 16 category. Like, the top half of the league, but not top 10, is a franchise guy. I'm going to I'm gonna say this, and this is probably going to piss a lot of people off. I don't know if you have any Falcons fans, but Matt Ryan might be one of the most overrated quarterbacks of all time. The one year he makes it to the Super Bowl, we talk, we, we dog on Jimmy G for this all the time. But the one year he makes it to the Super Bowl, what does he have? Kyle Shanahan as his offensive coordinator. Uh, all-time great wide receiver in his oh, peak yeah, form. Jones. He has a top five defense. I'm guessing Atlanta was that year. I mean, they top were. 10, I it think. was a really, really they good. They overperformed, defense. and you could tell because they were never ever able to replicate what they did that year afterwards. Yeah, it was a it was a fluke year for that defense. So he had to have all of these things, and that Devontae Freeman was, I don't know, probably a still solid top fifteen, top fifteen, top ten, maybe running back in Possibly. the league at the time, somewhere in there. Yeah. And that's what it took for him to get to the Super Bowl. And it's like we dog on Jimmy G, right? Like we say it, we say it all the time. Oh, you got to have an all-time pass rusher, a stud here, a stud there, and this is how you, this is your condition to get to the Super Bowl. It's like Matt Ryan has had the same thing. Like yeah, the one time he's had any playoff success, that's exactly what he had. Kyle Shanahan is linked to both of those guys and their success. Yeah, I mean he had Kyle Shanahan, and plus he had Dan Quinn, who's obviously a really good defensive guy, as as he's shown this couple years with the Cowboys. So yeah, I don't know. I think kind of get off topic, but I think all of those guys are kind of in that same category of yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, Mitch Trubisky to the Steelers. What are what are your thoughts on this? I have, I think I have some interesting thoughts on it. I absolutely love it. You love it? I, as a Ravens fan, I couldn't be <laughs> And as I'll tell you this. It really has – it does fan. not have as much to do with Mitchell Trubisky, and I don't think he can succeed. That team is going to be halfway decent because as good as Big Ben was at one point, they have they were 11-0 to start the year last year. Yeah. He was not good. So, Mr. Trubisky does not have to be a top 10 world-breaking quarterback. What this means is that they're not in the hunt for Deshaun Watson anymore. That is why I'm fucking ecstatic. They did not start off last year 11-0. That was, it was the year before. That was two years ago. Still, Big Ben sucked then, too. True. He, was, he wasn't great. I wouldn't say he sucked. He definitely was not good. Um, so, it, it more than likely means that they're out of the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, which I'm ecstatic about. Now I have to play Deshaun Watson twice a year. Um, but also Mitch Trubisky doesn't have a ton of upside. I'm more worried about Jimmy G about Baker Mayfield, about Carson Wentz, about Matt Ryan, Kirk cousins, Jared Goff than I am about Mitch Trubisky. So it's not a terrible signing. It wasn't huge. I do find it hilarious that Tyrod Taylor got more money to be the backup in New York than Mitch Trubisky got to be the starter in Pittsburgh. But um, I honestly, I'm a little bit more afraid of Tyrod Taylor than I am of uh of Mitch Trubisky in the long run as well. So, how do you feel about it? I I will say this, and and you kind of stole my thunder here a little bit, just a tad bit. Um, of kind of what I was going to say, and that's okay. But but it, it's a good point, right? He has to be better. Like I would say, I'm pretty confident in the fact that he is better right now than Ben Roethlisberger is. Right? Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. So. They went nine and seven last year. They were a re- they were a a good team, right? Like borderline playoff team. Yep. Mitchell Trubisky is going to be better than than Ben Roethlisberger, so therefore your team gets better, right? Like should be. 
I mean, they're probably going to lose uh, uh, Juju. You know, they, they might lose a couple of pieces, but not any keystone guys. To no, the... They still have Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool in their contract. Right. You just drafted Najee Harris. If you're Mitch Trubisky, you're hoping to God that they invest in the offensive line this year. They just signed Miles Jack as of today to to man the middle of their defense. So now you have Miles Jack and Mick Fitzpatrick and Cam Hayward on the same side. That's fucking terrifying. Right. Like the defense it's... is gonna be there. The weapons are there. They are they are an offensive line away from like I said, where he doesn't even have to be a top sixteen guy. He could be seventeen, eighteen just because everybody's that better in front of him, and he can have a better record than the four guys ahead of him. And they're paying him so little at seven million dollars. It's a low risk, high reward deal. Yeah. So at seven at seven point one million, and and he did, he got more money than Tyrod Taylor. To be clear, he? Okay. yes, he did. I thought Tyrod got more. Tyrod got five point five million a year. He got a two year eleven million dollar contract. So if you think about that, whose contract was that I saw that was super high? I thought it was Tyrod's. I could be wrong, but continue. Um, now I'm looking, I'm looking at all four. There's been four quarterback signs so far and Mitch Trubisky's is the biggest deal. Um, Teddy Bridgewater got six and a half million. Tyrod got 11. Mitch got 14.2 million. Um, varying lengths there. Who's the fourth? Uh, Kyle Anna, Kyle Allen signed in Houston for $2.5 million. That's a nice deal. That's Uh, that's not a bad backup quarterback, but the point being here is Mitchell Trubisky is going to get better. He's going to be better than Big Ben, I should say. They're paying him so little at seven million dollars. I mean, compared to it's not if if they gave him fifteen million dollars a year, we're having a completely different conversation. Yeah, you're able to go out and draft somebody, keep the team competitive for right now. You know, they can take a Malik Willis if he's there, or a Kenny Pickett, or you know, whoever whoever's available at their. You take a Desmond spot. Ritter in the second round, right? Yeah, you can get a development guy, have him. You know, develop for a year or two, and two, yeah. and still be a borderline playoff team, and that way it's kind of the everyone always talks about the Patrick Mahomes transition, right? Yeah, the one year transition, the one or two year transition, and this is a great spot for Mitchell Trubit. Like for the Steelers standpoint, it keeps your team competitive right now. He's you know not as good as an Alex Smith was, but you know there's some upside there. And for them, what's the worst case scenario? So they go out and draft a guy, Mitch Trubisky balls out. So his trade value goes up, and then they can trade him to a team who's looking the for the same a thing that the Niners are doing with Jimmy G right now. Exactly. Or worst case scenario, he stinks, but he's about as good as Big Ben. You're still a borderline playoff team. You kept competitive for a year, and you move on to your rookie next year. So and they still they still have options. I don't like Mason Rudolph that much, but like Dwayne Haskins was the 15th pick in the draft for a reason. I think that's over. I think it's long gone. Yeah, I mean, if they can't, if Pittsburgh can't fix their his off the field stuff, then nobody can. There's three teams in the league I trust to fix off-the-field issues. And it's in this order is New England, Baltimore, Pittsburgh. Yep, I think that's that's true. I would put Las Vegas up there, too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No comment. Um, So the only thing is, and I mean, Tomlin's a good enough coach. We all know he's going to scheme around it. Trubisky's deep ball is by far and away the weakest part of his game. So, I mean, they just have to scheme and get creative, throw the ball underneath. But Pat Fryermuth, um, Deontay Jones, they could take a receiver late in this draft, too. Or they can address that in the first round, go QB in the second. Yeah. They really need to address the offensive line first, in my opinion. But they could take a receiver in the third. And, again, they're not asking for the guy to come in and be a one. We're asking for to be our third guy behind Claypool and Johnson. And Deontay Johnson was an animal last year. I mean, everything – I mean, this is I, – I like this move. Like, we talk about this all the time of, like, you know, what do you want to do if you're if you're getting a bridge quarterback? This is it. 
sign them for dirt cheap, only have them for a couple of years. Yep. It, it's a low risk, high reward situation for the Steelers. And, and I genuinely, I, I love this move. I think it makes almost too much sense. Yeah. Were there better quarterbacks available? Yes, but not for the price tag that they paid for Trubisky, I think. Is there? I mean, is there better quarterbacks available in free agent? I don't. Not free agency. I'm talking about trades, which oh. obviously you have to give up more at that point, right? To go get a Jimmy G or a right. But is is Jimmy G? How much better is Jimmy G to Mitchell Trubisky? I really don't think it's a huge gap. They you both know? have the same weaknesses. They they play well enough to get you a win here and there, but the deep ball is lacking for both of them. Let me ask you this question: With Mitchell Trubisky. You would say they're close to a playoff team. Yeah, probably. With Jimmy G, are they a Super Bowl contender all of a sudden? I want to say no, but the guy's been on the edge twice. He's been to one and been in the NFC title game the second time. But I don't think Kyle so. Kyle Shanahan's not in Pittsburgh. So I, that's the biggest question about him leaving is can he sustain his success when he's not next to Kyle Shanahan? It'll, but, be, it'll be interesting. I I, I like the move. Here's That's, an offbeat side note. I am terrified to play against a Miles Jack, Mika Fitzpatrick, Cam Hayward defense. It's going to be led by Brian Flores. That's going to suck. Yeah, that was another, like, yeah, That's that defense horrible. is going to be scary. I hate that. I'm really waiting for somebody to sign, like, while we're recording. Oh, just kidding. As I said that a minute ago, source, this is from Ian Rappaport. The Dolphins are expected to sign former 49ers running back Raheem Mostert. Oh, that's not that exciting. Uh, Matt, it's more it's way more exciting than Madden. I was about to say all the Madden players went, yes, oh, now I can use it. I can be Miami. Yeah. They just signed Kenyon Drake yesterday, didn't they? Uh, did they? I, think I so. thought they signed a running. I thought they signed Somebody Kenyon Drake. did. I could be wrong. But um We'll just jump into free agency then. You want to jump into free agency? Yeah, we can do it. Then, you, do you want to read another ad? or We got one more. I'll save it before we do basketball. Oh, okay. We'll do it then. Never mind. Um, let's let's talk about some free agent signings. We're going to go uh, highest dollar amount to lowest dollar amount. I know that's weird, but, you know, we're going to do it. Uh, total contract here. Let's start out with someone who signed today. Uh, Von Miller signed a six-year deal for $120 million in Buffalo. Such a good contract three years ago. Right. He's, As a 29-year-old, you're like, well, it's pretty fucking solid in the middle of his prime. Yeah. Now, Von Miller's still solid. Don't get me wrong. But six years. He's he's going to be 33 yeah. when he starts next season. That's that's old. This deal is going to run until he's 37, 38 years old. Yeah. That's insanity. Ooh, that's it's, – it's a big dollar amount. I mean, they only guaranteed um, – Forty-five million. So they have to they have to put ancillary pieces around them at this point because pass rushers are only as good as the support they have, and that was the number one defense as far as yardage was concerned last year. But pass rushers can be singled out easily unless you're Bill Belichick. So the thing that I don't understand about this move is I didn't look at Buffalo and said, yeah, you're one pass rusher away. Like that's going to be the difference maker. It definitely helps a lot. It, it's it's de- no, it never hurts to add more pass rush, but to add a guy that's 33 and Pam this much money, I just I love the ad, just not the price tag. The price tag and what what they gave, yeah, exactly. Like this was, and the length of it. It's it's not even if you wanted to pay him 20 million dollars for 2 years, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Yeah, if this was if this was so what was it? 6 years 120 million? 
Yeah. If this, yeah, if this was a three-year, $60 million deal, I'd be like, what a fucking what a fucking ad. I mean, with the $45 million, that's all that's guaranteed, is it probably gives them a very early out on yeah, this, they, too? They're probably going to, because I think they're dumping like $34 million of the signing bonus today as he signs. As he signs, yeah, so. Direct deposits hidden. They're probably they're probably gonna have an out within three years. They'll probably it'll probably be either cuttable or movable or. Have you ever thought about like what that process is like, like signing an, an NFL contract? Like, you got a thirty-four million dollars signing bonus today. Like, yeah, is it just like a direct deposit? That I'm sure there's work? a two-day hold on on like, deposits over I'm just, a million dollars. I'm curious if he opens his checks his phone afterwards and it's like. His balance is still the same, but there's like plus thirty four million dollars pending transaction. Yeah, pending transaction. That would be crazy. I'm just I'm curious to see how that works. Do I don't think I don't, think, check, Von, I don't it, think Von Miller's at Bank of America, but I'm curious. <laughs> do you think they check their their bank account balances like normal people do? It's like I'm driving in. I'm like, oh shit, I gotta get gas today, so I gotta check how much. I feel is like in they just account. have other people to do that. Oh, you gotta have an account that manages your money. Yeah. But. Like, Other than that, no. It's got to be cool to like look at a bank account, and be like, "Oh, there's a million dollars in there. I can. I don't have to worry about getting gas." They know? literally would never ever have to check. Von Miller <laughs> could literally retire tomorrow after signing this deal. It would never ever have to lift a finger again the rest of his life. He would have to give back probably some of that uh, that probably signing bonus, bit. but possibly, probably all of it, more yeah. than likely. I don't think the Bills would be super thrilled with that decision. Yeah, but. I don't know. <laughs> Put it in the contract then, if you don't want it to happen. <laughs> And I'm I'm gonna preface this now. I think this was one of the worst uh, free agent classes that we've ever seen, and not from the talent standpoint, just the price tag that some of these guys pulled is absurd to me. When also the fact that half of these guys have been cut in the last two weeks, like J.C. Treader was cut, Julio Jones was cut. Like I don't think any of the guys that have been cut have been signed right away, but this. Classes only got deeper and deeper because these teams are playing like it's Madden. Like, well, we really don't want to pay this guy. Well, no one wants to trade for him. Well, I guess I'll just cut an 85 overall. Yeah. It's like, I get you don't want to pay the guy, but shit. Like, I think the way you said that was a little weird. Um, you get what I'm saying. I know what you, you mean. Lots of people at home. You know what I'm saying. But yeah, it, it's it's interesting some of the moves that have been made for sure. Um hmm. It all depends on your level of interest in the cap and everything like that. Yeah. Um, next contract we're going to talk about, one that I don't love, but I like a little bit. Um, J.C. Jackson, at 26-year-old, he got five years, $82.5 million, so that's a 16.5 average over, over those years. Um, I like this and I don't like this because it puts J.C. Jackson in a very high cornerback status. And he's he's a really good corner. He's an elite corner for sure. I just don't know if he's this good, if that makes any sense. Um, elite guys don't get interceptions. You want to know why? Because the ball doesn't get thrown at him. Yeah, that's true. And he's one of those guys that, you know, he had a lot of plays this season where it was like... What was his nickname this year? Hmm? What was his nickname this year? I don't know. Mr. INT. Mr. INT. He's second in the league in, in interceptions behind Tremont Diggs. Yeah, and which is, it's, it's a scary stat to say. It's like, it's not a good thing, you know, at the mm-hmm. end of the day, if you're getting thrown at that most. And I'm sure PFP loves him. And I always worry, if I'm an NFL team, of signing somebody out of New England's defensive system. Um, That's always something to be wary of. That's true. Because if Bill Belichick doesn't, like, Patriots have the money to go 
sign him if they want. It would be mm-hmm. tight, but they could go. They could sign him. Why doesn't Bill Belichick want to sign him? That's true. Now, not always is that the case. Chandler Jones came out of New England. He's That's an, true. He's an animal. We traded him but, because of off-field issues, not because of on-field performance. But who else? <laughs> uh Jamie Collins has failed three separate times. Trey Flowers. Trey Flowers is another big one. He's still getting sixteen million a year in in Detroit. Um, Kyle I mean, Van Noy. Kyle Van Noy. Yeah, he got cut from Miami, resigned in New England. Um, the McCourty twins ever leave? Uh, Jason McCourty was not originally a Patriot. Devin McCourty has played all of his Pro Bowl seasons in New England. Okay. Um, well, still, they still have Jonathan Jones on the roster, who's gonna become a top ten corner in the game. Probably now, the absence of he's always been extremely good. So, yeah, it. I think I think Bill Belichick maybe didn't want to pay the money for J.C. Jackson. No, don't get me wrong. J.C. Jackson is a number one elite corner. So, 100%. from the Chargers standpoint, if you're trying to go all in and make this team better now, this is a great move. A good, uh, honestly, the Chargers are one of the one of the biggest winners. When it comes to free agency so far. And trades, obviously, adding Khalil Mack. And they did a lot of things that I really like of, of you know, they, they tried to... Justin Herbert's on a cheap contract, so they're trying to put as good of a team around Justin Herbert as possible right now, and that's what they've done. They've How long is J.C. Jackson's contract? Uh, five years, I think. Let me look. So it'll he'll play one year on... Justin Herbert's extension before he has to then resign as well. Yeah, they're not front loading a lot of guys that are going to be there when Herbert resigns. That's the big thing too. Yeah, and it gives you flexibility at that point. And, and a cornerback, what's JC's value? What's JC Jackson's value at thirty one? Stephon Gilmore's thirty two, and his value's insanely low. You know, so it kind of it's smart. They're getting out of contracts at a smart time. I would say. Yeah, I would agree. I like the ad though. Like I said, they've had a very, very good free agency window. Very, very good free agency window so far. Yeah. So. I've, I've been impressed with a lot of moves that they've made here. Um, now, let's talk about, I I think, in my opinion, the worst signing in free agency. I know exactly what you're going to say. Uh, Christian Kirk to the Jacksonville Jaguars for four years and $72 million. That's actually not what I thought you were going to say. I thought you were trolling me with Marcus Williams. But, <sighs> no, no, no. No, I do 100% agree with you. This is by far and away the worst signing that they've had, that anybody's had this year. To make, what did you say this made Christian Kirk earlier? You said it makes him a top three wide receiver. Well, yeah, that was before Julio Jones got cut. So now, and again, I'm sure Devontae Adams would jump him playing on the tag, Mm -hmm. but he has stated that he's not going to play on the tag, so I'm not going to count that. That means as of right now, he is the second highest paid receiver in the NFL. And if even if Devontae hops him, he's third. Which is, it's crazy. $21 million a year. He gets paid more than Tyreek Hill. He gets paid more than Stephon Diggs. He gets paid more than Devontae Adams. He gets paid more than Keenan Allen. Paid more than Amari Cooper. All these guys. DeAndre Hopkins is the only receiver in the NFL right now. His former teammate is the only NFL player right now at the wide receiver position that gets paid more money than he does. Which is just, it's absolutely crazy. It's, yeah. I can't, I just am for, blown away for by this. For a, a barely a top 30 guy, if that, in the league. At his position. Yeah. It makes little to no sense. And the Jaguars have a really expensive... Because they gave Marvin Jones a pretty big contract last year. Now, don't get me wrong. Christian Kirk is good. I like Christian Kirk. I think he has a possibility to be a one. There is not an Ice Cube's chance in hell that he is ever going to be worth the second best receiver in the league. 
What do you, I mean? What do you, you What do you think he is right now? Do you think he's a two or a three? I think he's a two right now. I think he's a really middle of the road two. I think he could be now like next to a dominant one, next to a DeAndre Hopkins, Devonte Adams. I think he's one of the better twos you can get. To be hundred percent honest with you, uh, he's one of the better twos. That's not a one. Like technically, Chris Godwin's a two, but yes. he's not. He's Chris, a one. He's a one on another team. I mean, but the best twos are really good low end ones. You know. Yeah. So Chris Godwin is probably a middle of the road one, and so he's a great two. He's the highest end of the twos. CD CD Lamb last year was a, a high end two. I think CD Lamb. I I really don't want to put CD Lamb in this conversation, but CD Lamb is another example of he's a one. He's a one for sure, but at two, he's one of the best two wide receivers that is out there. So I agree with you, yeah, there, there's a different tier to that. Whereas I felt like Christian Kirk was a middle of the road. I mean, especially with DeAndre Hopkins, who was hurt a lot last year. I think the plus side is there, but like I said, never is he going to hit the upside of second best or third or top ten even. Never do I think Christian Kirk in this contract is going to be a top ten receiver in the game, and they're paying him like he's the second best. Yeah, so. Absolutely insanity. To me. I like the the problem is is I really do like the aggressiveness of this move, and I like the guys that they, like I said I like Christian Kirk in Jacksonville, but it's like you said some of these price tags are horrible. Yeah, like, this is definitely the worst one. If this I don't I just don't see at least with the J C Jackson one it's like this if, is top the, 10 if the Chargers go out and let's say they they make it to the AFC Championship you go well that's that move was well worth it mm-hmm. you know even though maybe they're paying them a little bit too much at the end of it or you know whatever it's they, the same thing with Von Miller and and the Rams last right. year like well I mean you lost a second and a third but you got a ring so who cares who cares right with with this I don't see a scenario where it's like oh yeah that was totally thank worth God it. we got Christian Kirk yeah you're like I I don't see Christian Kirk when, put, putting him to the point where they're gonna be a playoff team when DJ Chark was an available uh, an availability to bring back who went and signed like a one year I don't even know how much in Detroit right so is is Christian Kirk that much better than DJ Chark no I don't think so that's I don't think so either that's the problem um I, I'm going to call this another surprising one. Uh, Randy, Randy Gregory, thank you, sorry about that, signed a five-year, $70 million contract. Uh, kind of flipped the script on Dallas there. Well, some people were really upset about that. I kind of thought it was funny. but Well, it's funny to us because we're not Cowboys fans. Yeah, it's true. Ugh, thank God I'm not a Cowboys fan. That would yeah, suck. That would. That would suck. Talk about being in purgatory. I know. And imagine having two friends who constantly talk about how much the Cowboys suck on a podcast all the time. <laughs> That's got to be a brutal life to live. I'll tell you what. Jeez, that couldn't be me. <laughs> um, yeah, another weird deal to me. Like, Randy Gregory was was pretty good last year, I would say. He was, uh, he was solid. He was solid. Very solid. But I don't know if I want to give a... F- a 30-year-old edge rusher, five years and $70 million. I just don't know if I'm there. I don't know if I want to give a guy that is a secondary edge rusher $70 million. Randy Gregory looks really good next to a Von Miller or a Demarcus Lawrence or a Micah Parsons or or a Sedari. Like a top pass rushing option always needs his counterparts. He is a counterpart in my opinion. Like, he's not Miles Garrett. He is Jadavian Clowney. You know what I'm saying? There's a very right. – as good as Jadavian Clowney is, there is a gap there, you know? And Randy Gregory, to me, falls on the second half of that gap. And giving that guy $70 million is extremely confusing to me. But they do have Bradley Chubb. Hopefully, Bradley Chubb can finally stay healthy. Now, I think they also kind of went out and did this, thinking that there was a possibility that they are going to get Von Miller back too, 
which now seeing the contract of Von Miller, there's no way in hell that they would have gotten him back or they probably even wanted him back for that much money. But that would have been a terrifying three-headed monster to face if Randy Gregory, Von Miller, and Bradley Chubb. That's effing terrifying. I don't. I don't think you can have all three of those guys. I just, yeah, no, I didn't think Von Miller was going to get paid as much as he did. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure it makes any any sense. Yeah, to bring all three of those guys in. I do think it kind of stings if you're Denver that you just lost a twenty million dollar a year edge rusher for a second and a third round pick, even if it was for eight games of that edge rusher. Like, Von Miller just went and signed one of the bigger, the biggest contract of the offseason so far. Even when you take in guys that re-signed, no one signed for as much money as Von Miller did so far. I think that could change. I think there's one guy that has a chance to make more money than Von Miller right now, as far as free agents go. Who do you think it is? Teron Armstead. Oh, maybe. Free agent left tackle, man. Superstar left tackles are hard to come by, and we saw Trent Williams get paid. I would not be surprised. I I would be surprised now because I feel like that deal would have happened already if it was going to be that large. Yeah, that's fair. But who knows? I mean, he'll sign tomorrow at twelve thirty after the show's out, right? And then yeah. everyone will be like, "Yeah, these idiots!" And he's going to he... sign for sixty million. He's going to sign for half as much or something. Exactly. Yeah. No, knowing our luck, hundred percent. Again, another move that kind of confuses me. I get why Denver is going out and spending money because I would be doing that too, right? Like if if I had if I had just traded for Russell Wilson and you know I'm kind of in a win now mode for sure. I just I don't I don't get this move. I really don't. Do you have any strong opinions about paying a 30 year old Ed Rush Ed Rusher? The age at all doesn't like the age. It's like I said, it's the money and where he ranks on the pass rush list because if Bradley Chubb goes down. He is not worth a, a dime of that contract because he's not a one edge rusher, in my opinion. When you have other pieces or you play in New England, this guy's an animal. He's a stud. But as the one option, he is not going to perform anywhere close to that $7 million. That's the downside. Is as a one, he's not going to perform up to the level of money. And as a two, you shouldn't be paying a two that much money. And a guy with so many off-field concerns as well. Yeah, he, he was a, such a good redemption story. So I could see why he wanted to get paid. I'm surprised the team was able to meet that high of demands to bring him in. But so to, that shows you how valuable edge rushers are right now. The teams are willing to give guys like Randy Gregory that much money. To kind of give you just some food for thought here, Randy Gregory is going to make an average of $14 million a year. And TJ Watt's average is like $21 million, $22 million a year. For $7 million more a year, you get the absolute best edge rusher in the league, and he's younger. Like, yeah. yeah. I, I just – the value to me just doesn't make a lot of sense. I get why he probably demanded this kind of market, you know, with edge rushers and everything. But, yeah, I just – I don't think the value is here. Um, let's jump into another one. Uh, this is another – I kind of like this deal, actually. I think it's a sleeper one. Marcus Williams to Baltimore. Five years, $70 million. So excited. I think Baltimore has had a sleeper. I think it's going kind of under the radar with some of the guys that they've signed. I think this is the best free agency anybody's had so far. I think Baltimore has had it. I think they've had a good one. I don't don't know if it's the best yet. I want to see it finish out before I declare. Agreed. We're talking about three days into it now. Actually, officially, the league only opened today. Today, yeah. But but the tampering period opened on Monday. So you can agree. So we've seen three days of action in the free agent market. I think Baltimore has been the winners through again. It's very, very early on, but through three days, I think this is the team that's won it. And we'll talk about two more of their deals and why Um, Marcus Williams is a big playmaker. 
and you we were we've talked about age with the last two guys with with the two defensive players that we talked about so far. Marcus Williams is 25 years old. His contract ends when he is 30 years old in Baltimore. Maybe 31 if the dates line up weird enough. Mm-hmm. Um, he is the highest rated safety on Pro Football Focus since 2019. At a, I think he's the only one above a 90 grade as well. Um, I I like Marcus Williams a lot because I think he plays a lot like a, a Baltimore safety that I used to know and love way back in the day. Um, he covers the field extremely well. Side to sideline guy. He's great coverage instincts. And he doesn't hit necessarily hard, I would say, but throws his body at somebody like he does, like he is Ed Reed. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't have near as much of the pop that Ed Reed did, but you go watch his highlights, you're going to see like three big hits in the first five plays. I guarantee it. So I like the deal a lot. I don't think they paid him too much money. Um, I think Tyron Matthew may have been a better ad now and I think makes a lot bigger plays. But this is a guy that's five years from now, I'm going to be like, God, that's such a good deal. Like, I think three years from now when the money's increased steadily year in, year out again, and Marcus Williams is probably a top five free safety in the game, this deal and how much money they're giving him is going to be just probably one of the biggest bank robberies you've ever seen in your life. Life, yeah. Um, Am I being biased? <laughs> I, I mean, we'll see. I, I really like the signing. I mean, especially at $14 million. Now, people really don't like giving safeties money. I think safeties have bigger value than people want to give them credit for. I'd rather have an elite safety than a, an elite middle linebacker right now. Uh, unless unless we're talking about, like, some genetic freak middle linebacker that moves, like a Fred Warner. Yeah. Schematic, like, body type-wise, obviously, schematically, it'd be weird because he's played middle linebacker his whole career. But you could put Fred Warner at safety tomorrow, and physically, he'd hold up just fine. Yeah. Because he's a freak of nature. So, I would agree with you on the terms that we're not talking about freaks of nature. And, I mean, yeah, like, I mean, there's there's caveats to this, right? Like, Micah Par- I'd take Micah Parsons over a lot of great safeties right now. Yeah. But, like, yeah. it depends on what their skill set is, you know? Mm-hmm. I think, you know, it goes either corner, edge rusher, one or two. 100%. And then everything else on the defense is kind of three. But, yeah, I think I like this deal. I think down the road it's going to prove to be – a pretty cheap deal for, I mean, a free safety, I think, especially if he continues and rises. plays the level that he does. And I'm curious to see what he looks like in that Baltimore defense because oh, so they, they do scheme people pretty well. So, And I'm also excited to see what the defense looks like this year, the first year without Wink Martindale with, uh, what is it? I want to say it's Mike McDaniel, but I know that mm-hmm. that's the Dolphins head coach. Yeah, that's not sure. it. That's definitely not it. But It's something. It's something with two M's, I feel like, but that's a topic for another day. Um. But yeah, I, I think it's it's a smart move, and again, I like the fact that they're spending that they're spending money while they have a quarterback that's on. Uh, yeah, it's Don Don Martindale. Thank you. That was last year's. We oh. a new guy this year. Mike McDonald is Mike actually, McDonald, is not McDaniel McDonald. Okay. Um, sorry, boy, two two failed attempts there. But yeah, I I like the move overall. I think it's smart when you got a QB on a rookie deal. You got to put the pieces around them, and I feel like that's kind of a steal price too. I would agree, hundred percent. Another another one that man, this is this is puzzling, but I like it better than some of the previous ones we talked about. Is this about. the fifth guy or the sixth guy? I don't know where we are, honestly. Where where are one, two, three, four, five? This is our sixth guy. Okay. 
We're gonna go for a while. We've got. We're gonna. We're fine. I'm yeah, fine we got plenty of time, but we're gonna speed up a little bit here. I mean, some of these guys aren't as exciting to talk about. Chandler Jones uh, signed a three-year, fifty-two point five million dollar deal to be a Las Vegas Raider. Um, I mean, they've they've needed pass rush like forever now. Yeah. So I'm glad they're approaching it. I will say I like this deal better than the Von Miller deal. Um, the length. Just because of length. Really, yeah. that's what it comes down to is is this is the deal. Like, if they gave Von Miller three years $60 million, I think it makes so much more sense. Chandler Jones at three years, $52.5 million. I would have rather signed Von Miller to three years, $70 million than six year, $120. Yes. I'd rather pay him more money in a short deal than less. Than I 100% than agree. I, I'm shocked that uh, Arizona let him go. I think it – I don't know. It I think it was off-the-field stuff. I think it was? Well, I think it was disagreements with the front office. Remember, they almost dealt him. That's true. There was talks of him being traded at the deadline. Um, So, and this probably would have been a guy that got cut had or traded if he wasn't on – if he was on contract, mm-hmm. which obviously he wasn't. Right. Um, I am surprised he went to Vegas. I felt like that was a guy that wanted to win a lot, and joining the fourth-best team in the division was a little puzzling, but – I'm all for it if you're the Raiders. Want to know why he wanted to join the Raiders? What is that? Their head coach. Get back. I mean, and it makes sense, too, from, oh, from okay. a standpoint. I was of, like, fuck, who do they hire? Who, yeah, <laughs> Josh McDaniels. For for Las Vegas, it makes a lot of sense because, one, Patriots assistants love to bring in New England guys so he, they can sell them on the culture and everything like that. This is the benefit of having Josh McDaniels. Right yes, now. yeah. So you're gonna have you're gonna you're gonna bring in a guy who's gonna be the locker room guy for Josh McDaniels. Makes a lot of sense. Um, you kept it three years. Still, I would have rather have done two, but that's me being real, real picky. But this guy has some juice left in the tank. Like, yeah, this he was he was a top ten edge rusher this last year. Yeah, and this this hurts Arizona. I think this is going to be one of those things we look back at next year and we're like, man, why isn't Arizona as good? Unless they were able to to fill the gap in the draft or something. And we've talked about it a lot a couple times here. JJ Watt is no longer an elite pass rusher, you know, but he's a a great number two. He's a he's a fantastic two. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's everything you could ask out of a two. Well, now he's going back to the one spot, and that pass rush on Arizona is not so scary anymore. You know. Yeah, I am curious. We may have this may be the the week after or next week's poll question. What's the best pass rushing duo in the the, the AFC, in the AFC West? You have Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack to play in LA in in LA with the Chargers. You have Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, who both just signed That's big true. money deals. That's good. That's true. The, and Ooh. then you look at uh, Denver, who has Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb, still a formidable duo. Yeah. And then Kansas City has Chris Jones and Chris Jones. Chris Jones. Chris and Jones and Frank Clark, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that that's it's a better question now because at first I was like, yeah, but who else? Is there? I've totally forgot about Mad Max. Like, Max Crosby is an animal. So that that is gonna be that's gonna be scary. <laughs> I like as good as the quarterbacks in that division are, they're gonna be running for their effing lives, man. That division has just gotten so insanely competitive. I love it. I mean, it was good. It was real, like arguably one of the best divisions. It was definitely top three beforehand. Beforehand, and now they might have with the NFC West getting worse. They, this might jump. 
you know, I think they, they might went, jump it. I think they almost went to one after the Russell Wilson deal, and I feel like the Khalil Mack trade and the <laughs> signing of Chandler Jones has just added. I can't imagine if Von Miller would have landed back in that division. <laughs> Jack, like if Von you... Miller went back to to Denver instead of Randy Gregory. Good lord, oh that, my that division's God. scary, man. It is. I feel so bad for Derek Carr because he's got to face all three of those duos, and his team, his team does have one, but. He's still got to run around against the rest of them. Um, we're going to do two for one here because uh, I it's both Jacksonville here. Okay. Uh, Brandon Shreef, uh, guard, and then I'm never going to say this guy's name right. Fuse uh, oh. Ukakora. Yeah, this is a Fusade Aluakin. Yeah, totally what I said. The only reason I know that is because of Madden. Oh, because okay. he has 90 speed. I love playing with him. He's an animal. Both, uh, both three-year contracts. Um, Sheriff at a... At forty nine and a half million, Aluakin. Um, yep, Aluakin at forty five million over three years. N- n- nothing's wrong with either one. I like getting your offensive line better. I like these two deals a lot because this is like it may have been a little much money for each guy. Brandon Scherf, first of all, is a Pro Bowl guard. Yeah, I don't think you can ever really overpay that. He's probably a top five guard. Probably if you if you narrow it down to left guards or right, he's a left guard. Probably a top five left guard, and I'd say a top ten guard in the league. He's he's really good. I like him. I like that ad a lot. Um, I like I like Aluakin a lot as well. Like I said, he had 192 tackles last year. He's a former sixth round pick. Wanted to get paid. Didn't get paid as much as Randy Gregory got paid, but got paid nonetheless. And now will fill right in for Miles Jack on his way out the door and being this team's leading tackler. So. These two were were really good signings, but it's so hard to look at their offseason and feel like it's a win when you when we talked about Christian Kirk. Problem is, is they have the worst signing. These were great value signings. So these 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 make complete sense with a you know, it's only gonna help Trevor. Talking about Lawrence. value, this is probably that's probably three and four behind Baltimore's two big signings at this point, honestly. Like value maybe Aluakin made is probably not as good of a value. Sheriff is a really good value at that price tag in my yeah. opinion. I, I think the next guy we're going to talk about is actually the best value. I This is okay. probably so far my favorite signing in free agency, and it might be because I'm a closeted fan of this team, but that's okay. I'm trying to think. Who um, did the Cowboys sign? Who did the Cowboys sign? <laughs> uh, oh, okay. Who do you think? Go ahead and say it. Hassan Reddick to uh, the Eagles. Yes, okay. absolutely. I was like, who's he a closeted fan of? I was like, ah, oh, the Eagles. Yes. yes. This this is such a great this – is, this is so exciting. What's for, the contract? Three years, $45 million. Not bad at all. So they're giving him $15 million a year, which which for this market is absolutely crazy. I mean, Chandler Jones is getting $17.5 million. And, Von Miller got 20 And And Hassan Reddick arguably had a better season, if not in that same ballpark as those guys last year. The only thing that scares me about Reddick is being able to replicate it for two, if not all three of those years. But other than that, like you said, the talent's there, money lines up comes in and adds to a great defense that, that's not great, obviously very solid, that that probably had to steal a free agency last year with Darius Slay. Still have Fletcher Cox. You still have Brandon Graham. Derek Barnett, I believe, is still under contract. They have some young linebackers in the core. Like That defense is solid, honestly. And this this is – I wouldn't say this is like a crown jewel, but, man, it's about as close as you can get to being a crown jewel without being the crown jewel. Yeah, he – I mean, I'm trying to find his stats here. Um. Well, there's another big signing as we as we talk. Who yeah. signed? Uh, Ricky Seals Jones. Oh my gosh! <laughs> With the Giants. Does he play tight end? Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. What a world breaking signing that was. 
I mean, Hassan Reddick had 15 sacks last year, which is always scary, especially when someone's in a contract year. I hate I hate those numbers. But he had 13 the year before. He feels like a legit edge rusher, and at $15 million, I just love this deal for I Philadelphia. Do too. I think it's a good – like I said – there's that one concern. Other than that, there's literally nothing you can pull your finger out at this deal at all. Yeah. And with the the guys that are signing around him, your finger immediately goes back to your side. You can't even point it at that moment when you're looking at the deals that other guys are getting at this point. So. I agree. We're gonna we're gonna kind of bounce around. I know we said we were gonna go in order. We're gonna skip some guys that are kind of boring signs. Um, I'm gonna jump to one I know you're gonna be excited about. Uh, Zadarius Smith signing a four year, only at eight. $0.75 million per year, four-year, $35 million deal. He's at, home. At 30, $30 million, or I, at I think, 30 years old, sorry. I think it could go up to 50 I think he has incentives to make 50 so it'll probably be around 9 to $10 million a year, if I had to guess. Mm-hmm. But, again, we just talked about Redick being – 30 is not that old. It's not, not yet. For, and what is it? You said it was a four-year deal? Hassan Redick is 27. 27. I know Zadarius is 30 years old. He's going to be I think he's going to be sorry I keep losing him. He's probably he's going to be like he's going to turn 30 next season. So. so 34 35 by the time the contract's over. Yeah. Yeah, 34 by the time the contract's up 4 years I, $35 million. This is the 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 signing that I'm probably I want to say I'm most excited about but I'm probably most excited about the third guy that we haven't talked about yet. Um, we probably won't talk about him, so you probably want to talk about him here. Uh Morgan Moses is the right tackle for the Jay. He played left tackle last year when Mackay Beckton went down. Mhm. Um, he's the, by pro football focus grade, he's the fourth best run blocking tackle in the league. Um, and has not missed a snap in three and a half years, four years, I want to say now. So coming on to Baltimore's as a Baltimore Ravens fan is my favorite signing. Not overall, obviously. Um, because Morgan Moses gets to come in now with Ronnie Stanley's uncertainty. He's only played like four or five, six games at most on his new contract has been hurt for a year and a half. And the the gaping void that the right tackle spot was, thanks to Andre Villanueva being absolutely horrible. Now Moses comes in, the ability to play left or right. They may they're probably going to address tackle in the first three rounds. Still, Patrick McCarry should play center for them. They just got to figure out who the left guard is. And Baltimore's offensive line is pretty well set at this point. Um, but as far as Zadarius Smith goes, still a very high-level pass rusher, still a pro bowler. It'll be tough to see if he makes a pro bowl considering how many good pass rushers are in the AFC now with Mac Jones, Bosa, uh, Chris Jones, Darius Leonard, DeForest Buckner. There's a lot of defensive front seven talent in the AFC. I didn't even talk about the, the guy in the red sleeves. So My dude. Yeah, there's there's a lot of pass rushing talent, man, but Zadarius Smith is going to be an animal. And I'll tell you what, that you're going to see an immediate jump from Odafe Owe this year as well. He had a great year last year, and the only reason you didn't hear about it is because Micah Parsons um, came from the same college and played as good as he did in Dallas. But with Zadarius being the one now, Owe is going to be a top tier two, I think. If he takes the step forward, he'll be a top tier two this next year. So, again, but again, the budget, man. We're talking about at most $11 million for an edge rusher in this year's market is ridiculous value for a Pro Bowl-level guy. Yeah. Ridiculous value. I, I thought that was a really good signing. Uh came through today. I thought that was makes a lot of sense. I mean, they're keeping this defense. They're trying to, trying to make the defense a little bit better, which I like, because when you're a team that's going to have to play in close games and run the ball really well, you have to have a great defense, right? This, this isn't an offense that's built to – 
you know, get into gunfights and outshoot. You know, this isn't Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill. Like, yeah. it's a dynamic special offense, just in a different way. In a completely different way, yeah. So you want a really good defense around this. Um, and I think uh, Baltimore's defense, as of right now, pre-draft, pre-Calais Campbell coming back, Baltimore's going to have – I think they have one of the more talented defenses in the league going into next year at this point. I agree. Insanely We're- talented. We're going to talk about, I think, three more guys that I want to cover. If if I leave somebody off, you can jump in and talk about them. Okay. Next one I got, uh, Justin Reed to the Chiefs. Mm. I like this move, and I don't like this move all at once. It's so weird to say that. I think he's an underrated safety, so I do like that move. I don't know if I love moving off of Tyron Matthew for him. makes a ton of sense. I think that question will be answered when we see how much Matthew gets. That that's if it's a high price tag, you're like, okay, I see why. Yeah. If but if if Tyron Matthew falls anywhere close, you know, within two, three million dollars of Justin Reed, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um Chiefs have this weird pattern of moving off of safeties at like the peak of their career or, you know, just like just outside of it. because uh, they they did the same thing to Eric Berry. So mm-hmm. It's it's interesting. I don't know if they know something about Tyron Matthew that we don't, but it's interesting because that guy felt like he was the heart and soul of that defense. Uh, and it's always scary to lose, you know, your kind of defensive captain there. But yeah, I agree. I think Justin Reed got sleep got slept on because he played in Houston, and Houston stinks. So yeah, I would agree with you, hundred percent. All right, next guy I want to talk about, and I think this is this is a really good signing as well. Russell Gage to Tampa Bay for three years, $30 million. Um, In a lot of ways, it makes a ton of sense, right? Because you want your number three guy to be a really strong, solid guy. Mm -hmm. And with them losing Antonio Brown, um, he's going to fill a very important role. Like, he might be the third or fourth best option on this. He was the number two guy in Atlanta and performed really well. So I think it makes a lot of sense for Tampa Bay to go get him. Yeah, the only thing that I... That doesn't make a super ton of sense. It's ten million a year, but you don't think he's worth ten million a year? I wouldn't say in that offense, no, because like you said, he's going to be a third option now. Pending that Chris Godwin doesn't resign this year after playing on the tag for a year, this is probably a great deal because I guarantee you, as a two in that system, mm-hmm. he's an animal and well worth ten million dollars a year. It's true. But I don't know if they'll get the production out of him. And you also have to think that as much as he's the third option amongst receivers, if Rob Gronkowski doesn't retire, he's the fourth option of that offense, passing-wise at least. Yeah, yeah, there's a very real chance that that's true. I mean, Rob is pretty inconsistent. He's at an age where he's getting hurt a lot. but True. I don't know. For $10 million, it feels like pretty low risk, and I feel like – That'll be a it's a tradable contract at the end of the day. I would agree with that. Yeah, that's that, definitely a big part of it. That that's a thing is like if they <laughs> feel like Christian they're Kirk. over their skis at any point, they can go on and move on from this contract. So it's not Christian Kirk. So yes, that's true. They did not pay Christian Kirk twenty. I couldn't afford to anyways. Um. Okay. I, I want to talk about this one. Uh, CJ Uzamoa. Uzama. Uzama. Thank you. See, I knew I was going to say that wrong, so I immediately made eye contact. Signing with the Jets for three years, $24 million. What do you think? Do you think there's value there? Did that make a lot of sense to you? Um, I think it did, honestly. It doesn't make sense why you'd leave Cincinnati. He was a very, very big vocal part of that team. I know he's a huge locker room guy. They loved him in Cincinnati. And I know his play only really started to get recognized this year. He's been steady. Um, and doesn't feel like a guy that's going to fall off after getting paid. 
I don't think he's gonna jump into the top ten cat or top five category by any stretch, but a guy that's gonna come in and hopefully be a reliable option for Zach Wilson that's always a plus. Um, so I mean, if you would have rather asked me if I'd rather them do this or go pay Christian Kirk twenty million dollars, I'd rather do this ten out of ten times. Yeah, I mean, I get that. I just don't. Or even Zay Jones or or Russell Gage's contract. I'd rather have Uzam at this price tag. Really. Wow, that's surprising. How much did how much did he get paid? Three years, how much? Was it twenty nine? Uh hang on, I'm looking at it. It's three years, twenty four million, so eight million. Yeah. I would rather have Uzama on the Jets than paying the contract that other guys got. I, I mean, you look at it like it's a good contract and a bad contract all at once. So I mean, his contract he's getting more per year than Darren Waller is, which is crazy. More than Darren Tyler Higby. Darren Waller on a rookie dealer? No. No, Darren Waller's like 30. You got to remember, he got. Yeah, I forgot he played. For, I mean, he was drafted by us. I yeah. That. Uh, and Darren Waller's not a free agent until 2024, which is nuts. Um, but then you look at like some guys that he. It, and it reminds me of the Austin Hooper deal. That's what it reminds me of. Ooh. Of kind of a middle of the road quarterback who maybe benefited from who his quarterback was in the system he played in. Mm hmm. And then now he's going to a team where are we going to see the benefits? You know, are, he's not going to benefit as much from the system. Is he still going to kind of be that guy? I don't know. I mean, at the same time, you look at other people, it's like he's better than Logan Thomas and he's making less money per year. Uh, he's better than Evan Ingram and he's making less money per year, even though it's a one-year deal. I mean, Austin Hooper, we just talked about, got $10.5 million. So I don't think it's too huge of a deal where you can really regret it a lot. Right. Like, Twenty, you know, twenty four over three is what like eight million a year. Eight million a year. Yeah, it's uh, it's not a ton. Where I'm like, God, we are getting boned by this contract right now. Christian Kirk feels like that. Um, Zay Jones, who also signed in Jacksonville, so we got to talk about like. Well, I don't, I don't think there was. I looked through the list. I don't think there's any other free agents I want to talk about. I just want to talk about Jacksonville as a whole right now. Okay, um, that's fine. If, do you have anybody left before we? we no, that was that was it. That was all I had there. Okay. So. That is that is a okay with me. So let's look at just. I'm gonna pull up just Jacksonville team. We're gonna not probably individually talk about every single, every guy they signed. Do you want me to just, just run through the list real quick? Yeah, just pair them all together. Just the Jags guys. Okay, Christian Kirk, Brandon Sheriff, who we talked about, uh, the Hawaiian guy that we talked about. Yep. Uh, Foley, Fat, I never. Fatsakua, Fatsakui, yeah. uh, Darius Williams, Zay Jones, Miles Jack, DJ Chark, Evan Ingram, AJ Can. This is so weird. Oh, so it pulled up teams, guys that have left. Oh, shoot. Season. I didn't even so, notice that. That's my Christian, bad. Christian Kirk, Brennan Scherf, Foisade Aluikin, Foley Fatutsky, Darius Williams, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, and that's it. That's it, yep. And they still have Andrew Norwell, I think, is a, a key guy that they need to bring back. It's their left guard. Um, So they paid Christian Kirk and made him the second highest paid receiver in the NFL. Paid Brandon Scherf. I like him a lot. I like Aluakin, maybe a tad bit overpaid. Fat Fatutsky Foley to me is weird because I don't see him as a he's getting ten a year. Mm-hmm. That was kind of their default deal that they handed out, it was like three year, twenty five to thirty million. They handed out a lot of three year deals. Which is smart. You know what lines up with that? We gotta pay Trevor Lawrence. All these guys gotta fall off. Yeah. Um but just a lot of guys that they signed, and I'm just 
Let's we I'll what do you, sure. Do you like it or do you not like I it? I don't. Most I, of them I don't. And that's interesting because I do like this. I like Scherf and I like Lewican. I don't really like anybody else. I mean, there there's some. I mean, Evan Ingram is kind of you know the upside. Like, oh, this guy is so close, but he drops the ball too much. Yeah, Evan Ingram is a receiving tight end that can't catch the ball. That's an issue for one year and nine million dollars. I mean, again, not no, a con- now if that was nothing four, to lose. If that was four years at that price tag. I'd be like. Yeah, what are we doing? Fire the GM. But I, I thought this was a. They didn't go out and get anyone flashed. They didn't over. They didn't go too crazy. I mean, besides Christian Kirk, that's so hard to say. Like, I was like, yeah, it's. They didn't go too crazy. Christian Kirk was an insane deal. I have no idea why they gave that deal. Outside of that, they kind of got some okay value. I feel like Zay Jones is another horrible one in my opinion. Zay Jones has never had over six hundred receiving yards in his career. I don't know. I don't know why they felt so set on going out and getting wide receivers, it's like you really – that's not where you need to be focused Oh, right I now. know. You know what this free agency looks like to me? What? This looks like a GM who has a brand-new head coach and knows that if they don't perform this year, he's the one that's getting canned, not the head coach. Oh, 100%. I mean, you can't fire Doug Peterson after a single year. No. After he's won a Super Bowl. And you so. can't. So when you look at this, this is a guy that's like, well, I don't want to get to the offseason, but like, we canned you because you don't like to spend any money. I don't know why you didn't gun after anybody. Like, just go sign Odell to that deal, not fucking Christian Kirk. Go sign. And that's go I mean, sign Russell Gage to that deal, not Zay Jones. And it's like you look at their contracts overall, and it's not like they're in a crazy spot either. Like, that's the thing to me that's super intriguing. I do find it funny that no, I, I find it crazy that nobody wanted to trade for Miles Jack. I, I do find that surprising, in my opinion. But what's the cap next year? Do you know off the top of your head? Oh God, two fifteen, two twenty, something like that. I thought. I could yeah, be wrong. so it's at two hundred five. They they have two hundred five right now. So yeah, it, it increases by like five or ten million dollars a year, basically steadily at this point. Except last year, but yeah, I mean they're not in a bad spot. I mean they're not paying anyone besides Christian Kirk like crazy, insane money. How much does Marvin Jones do? Uh, his base salary is four point nine million, so he's his cap hits like eight point seven. So not bad at all. Not not a terrible value there. But when you look at that receiving core now, Christian Kirk gets twenty, Marvin Jones gets eight, Zay Jones gets eight. Is that a is that a that's a that is what four thirty forty six million dollars? Is that a is that a trio? Like is can you even call no. that a tri- like I was gonna say is that a top five receiving trio? Can you even call that a receiving trio to be comparable to anybody else at this point? Not not really. No, it's I mean it's Marvin Jones is a solid two, uh, a reliable two option, reliable two, and a probably a pretty good three choice. Mm-hmm. Um, Christian Kirk, like we've kind of talked about, is. Middle of the road two. Middle of the road two. Top option three. Top option three, and then Zay like, Jones is explosive and is a good locker room guy and makes big plays. But like I said, he's literally never had. I think he's had one. I think he's had two six hundred yards. He's never gone over seven hundred receiving yards in his career. He's played for five or six years too. I'm not talking about a guy that's played two years. Yeah, I. I mean it. I think they'll be better next year because of these moves. I don't love these deals long term. Like it'll be better because they don't have to deal with fucking Urban Meyer. <laughs> yeah, I mean that'll be a, this an a instant that, upgrade. This is a team that was net positive before the offseason started uh, by losing Peterson or losing Peter, losing Meyer and adding Doug Peterson. Um, I'm curious to see what they do in the draft. 
Tackles, tackles, tackles. This is a team that should be in the Toronto Armstead hunt, but I think they burned all their money on Christian Kirk at this point. They still have $13.9 million in cap space left. That's going to be tough to maneuver Armstead into that spot, but Baltimore just fit Morgan Moses at 15, Sedaris Smith at 35, and Marcus Williams at 70, and they had $15 million to work with. So anything is possible. And somehow the Saints are still a floatable franchise. Man, who do you think their biggest, like one of their bigger dead cap hits are? The Jags? Yeah. Joe Schobert. Really? Yeah. They traded him to Pittsburgh last year. Yeah, he's got a $9.9 million dead cap number on him. I feel like like Nick Foles has got to be high. It's not even on there. Maybe maybe his dead cap lies with, who signed him to the big deal? Jags. It was was Jags, yeah. Hmm. But I wonder if they got like all that taken over when he they traded him to Nick Foles or something. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, not I'm not gonna say it was awful, but it wasn't great either. Like it was kind of hard it's hard to sit there and be like, this was okay, or even this was good when you have to sit there and look at Christian Kirk. If you cut Christian Kirk off the top of this, honestly, it's pretty solid. Like I like I said, I like Sheriff, I like Aluakin. I, I'm not a huge Zay Jones guy, but it's not terrible if he can live up to some type of ceiling. Um, and Fatsuski's not bad. It's just he's not a 10-year guy to me. He's a seven. He's a six-a-year guy, not a 10. I want to compare him to somebody who I think they should have emulated more. Let's let's talk about the what the Chargers did, right? Mm-hmm. So you go out and get a one cornerback, which we've decided, you know, whether how good you think JC Jackson, what he's worth, whatever. He's a he's a number one he's elite cornerback, corner. right? Yeah, Without 100%. question. Five years, eighty two million dollars. Um they went and got Sebastian Joseph at D tackle. He's um, a great run stopper. He's gonna fit well in the middle of all those edge rushers. This guy I I haven't heard of. Um What's Oh, they signed a long snapper. Oh, just kidding, he left. I forget that this website does that. Nice. But the and Khalil then, Mack trade happened. And then you go and get Khalil Mack. It's like, so they added an elite corner, a really good pass rusher, and some D-tackle help. So that those are the kind of moves you want to go out and get. Like, you want you want a, a game changer on their defense because they really don't have one right now on defense, right? Like, who is their who is their go-to guy? I mean, their highest paid guy is Shaquille Griffin. I was like, you talk about Jacksonville? Yeah. It's, it's like the Chargers have... Two game changing guys. Yeah, they have Derwin James and they had TJ Watt, and then they went and added two more pieces to that defense. Yeah. So they looked at it and said, "Okay, our offense is good right now." And of course, this doesn't show that they re-signed uh, Mike Williams. But again, another one that would have made sense for you know what I mean. I'd rather pay Mike. I would rather have that Mike Williams deal, even though I don't love that. I'd rather have that deal than Christian Kirk, hundred ten percent. It's just it never looks good when your biggest splash is a receiver, and it's not a top five receiver. And right, pay him like a top five receiver. There's a lot of layers there. None of them are good. So they should they should have looked at the Chargers offseason man and said, man, we should try to shoot to do something like that. Instead, they just decided to do make whatever the moves. hell they wanted to. Yeah, like I said, I love Aluakin and I love Scherf, but the rest of it is meh, meh, at best to me. Yeah, I love those two, and obviously Kirk is horrible. So. Yeah. Watch him come out and play like a top 10 receiver next year. I know. Watch Trevor him Lawrence a- just makes him a fucking top 10 receiver. You're like, fuck! He's like Cooper. He turns into Cooper Cup. And you're like, <laughs> it's just unguardable. And you're like, what has this become? Like, what has this turned into? So, yeah. That's, that'd be nuts. That would be nuts. Just saw Owen's arm in the window and freaked out a like, little bit. What so. the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> um, 
You want to talk about the NBA now? Uh, I want to. I feel like. Is there any trades that we didn't get a chance to talk about at all? I mean, we haven't talked about the Cleo Mack trade, so let's let's we can jump into that. Jump to that. I we'll, feel like that's a good one to talk small about. Small bridge. Um, I love that trade. Uh, I do too. I think it's a win-win for both sides, honestly. You think it's a win for? I mean, Chicago is in full. It's not. A, it's not a win. It's a. It's not a loss. Either. Yeah, like, I mean, it Chicago is nice to get breaks, that off your books. Chicago breaks even. They free up money. They get an extra second round pick. I feel like he's worth a first, but not Chicago's first. He's worked like pick twenty eight to thirty two, but Chicago obviously doesn't hold those picks at all. So I wasn't a huge. I'm definitely not mad at it by any stretch. Let's see. Here we go. Look, let's look at some some trades here. Oh, Alex Kappa was another free agent signing. He's a guard in uh, Tampa last year. Probably, honestly, their fourth or fifth best lineman, but still very serviceable. He signed with the Bengals. It's going to be uh, – the Bengals signed another offensive lineman too. Uh, I can't remember which one who it was. Um, but the Bengals have decided that they're going to take quant- – uh, Quantity over quality, I think. At uh, when it comes to their offensive line, they also got Ted Karras to a three-year contract, um, which two guys that aren't like top ten at their positions or anything like that, but two guys that are going to be very solid rotational guys. I thought they were going to be on the Teron Armstead sweepstakes, and who knows, they might still be. But I'm curious to see um, who wins it and how much it's going to be for them. You got some trades for us? I'm trying to pull it up. I, I went to the NFL's website, and I was like, oh, this will be super easy to track. Well, of course, none of the none of the trades are official yet, so you can't even... There, I think I think the Carson Wentz one is the only one that I've seen that was made official. No, well, it's not official because you can't... Today's the first day you could actually process them. Yeah, I thought I saw a tweet that that, that one had been processed. Nope, not according to the NFL's website. Let's let's talk about the Amari Cooper deal. We kind of touched on it a little bit. Yeah. I've got him pulled up now. I people are really dogging on Cleveland for taking this. I don't I don't get it. Like Amari Cooper or no, we did talk about Amari Cooper last time, I think actually. No, I don't think we did last week because that trade didn't come through, I thought. I could be did wrong. It? Okay. We talked about it on Sunday when we hung out. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking. Today, I think. Yeah, that, that might be. Sorry, it all gets blurred. It's honestly recording this is just like sitting down and talking with Owen. 100%. If you wonder what it's like to hang out with us, like we went bowling with a group of people and we spent probably like 30 minutes of us just having a conversation talking about NFL moves. Yep. So that's exactly what you get when it comes to, to just us hanging out. But 100%. I thought it was really smart. Like, for a fifth and a sixth rounder, I know the Amari Cooper contract probably is one of those ones that you go, I don't know, is he... You it's know, not super long. It's not super long. You only got a couple years left. So that's why, for me, if I'm Cleveland, I love it, right? Like, You just lost your top two receivers. Would you take Amari Cooper or Odell Beckham Jr. right now? Mm, that's tough. Really? I would take not Amari cons- Cooper. Not I- considering price tags at all? No, no, no. Just as your number one wide receiver, would you say Amari Cooper is an upgrade over OBJ? Yeah, I would say so. Is I don't an, think it's a large margin, but I would say yes, definitely yes. Is he an upgrade over Jarvis Landry? 100%. Exactly. 127%. So, therefore, the Cleveland Browns wide receiver room got better by making this trade, right? Yeah. And you're going to let – they're going to let, obviously, uh, Jarvis Landry lose this year. So, don't love their two spot when it comes to wide receiver. But. I like Anthony Schwartz a little bit. He's their their third, their slot kind of guy. Yeah. Donovan Peoples-Jones is about I think he plays there. But definitely a team that's probably going to address receiver in free agency or in uh, in the draft. 
So I I thought it was smart. I I like this move a lot. It gives him a number one, especially if you go out and get a Deshaun Watson. This like, guy's a top ten route runner in the game. Yeah, like this is he is an animal with his feet, and those guys usually work no matter who your quarterback is. So. I would like to see them go out and draft a wide receiver now too, and try to put a second guy on that team. You know, Drake London or or somebody of that that manner to put around Amari Cooper. That way, you have a really solid wide receiver room, and it gets better th- than it was last year. Um, let's talk about uh, Colts uh, get Yannick Ngakwe uh, for Rocky Sin for Rocky Sin. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. The Colts are just being so weird with some of the moves they're making. It's, I like the overall value of. I think uh, Ngakwe is a better player right now than Rocky Sin. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. Like, what does this really add to this Colts they, team? They did need edge rusher, but they literally spent their top two picks on edge rushers last year. Yeah. So, like, this move happening also means that they failed in the draft last year is the issue. So, um, I don't know. Not not terrible, but. I know Rocky Sin was a Colts favorite. They felt like he was really underrated and didn't get enough playing time, and now he's no longer there. Yeah. Um, and the Raiders get um, get a guy that they thought they were going to have in Damon Arnett. So let's uh, we'll we'll hit some two quick hitters here. Uh, Patriots trade Shaq Mason away to Tampa Bay for a fifth round pick. They trade uh, Chase Wilson away for Mac Wilson. Um, couple of thoughts people have asked me like oh what do you think about them trading Shaq wills Shaq mason away we always seem to be able to figure out the offensive line like there's two spots that i don't ever really worry about in new england it's offensive line and any defensive player because for some reason bill belichick <laughs> is quite literally like 17 of the 22 guys you put out yeah i'm always worried about quarterback running back wide receiver <laughs> like those are like always the there's spots. 16 of the 22 guys you trot out on a sunday yeah you're yeah. like fucking Bill figured tight tight end. I'm a little worried about most of the time, but it's like you know tight end. We're pretty solid right now. So, I mean for Bill, I mean there's a reason he's getting rid of Shake. Uh, man, I want to call him Shake. It's Shaq Mason. There we go. Um, there's a reason that he's moving on from him. Uh, he had a good year last year, so it doesn't. I don't love the value we got back. Yeah. I'd rather keep him for a fifth rounder. But I'm mad. He he must see something. Why are you mad? Because I would have given up a fourth rounder for him. And I would have arguably given up a third rounder for the guy. I'm surprised there wasn't a bigger market. You would think that, you know, a Cincinnati would want to jump in on yeah, this. I somebody. like Tampa. Look at that. They lost. I just talked about Alex Kappa going to Cincinnati. Boom. They upgraded. Yeah. That offensive line is so good. Well, actually, Ali Marpet did retire. I did forget about that. Um, so that definitely stings. But if Marpet didn't retire, Tristan Wirfs is probably a top 10 guy at his position. Ryan Jensen is a top five center. Um, Shaq Mason's probably a top 10, top 15 guard. And then you have just your fifth lineman. It's like you don't have to be an earth-shatteringly good guy at, at the fifth lineman. So I like this a lot for Tampa. Reunion between Shaq Mason and Tom Brady? Yeah, I, I mean, it makes sense. Probably for, like a rookie Shaq Mason. but uh, Shaq Mason, maybe. Shaq Mason, uh, no, no, feel he's like he's probably, been there a while. He's probably been in the league for four or five years now. Um, far as... Uh, you know, the Chase Winovich trade showed a lot of upside in his rookie year. Like, a honestly, a surprising amount of upside for me. Um, he's just kind of buried on this depth chart is his problem right now. Um, between Lawrence Guy, Matthew Judon, uh, Dietrich Wise, like, there's a lot of talented edge, edge right there. Mm-hmm. Whereas a couple years ago, we really didn't have that. So it was kind of a need to fill. 
Mac Wilson is the one that everyone's dogging on. Bill Belichick must have scouted this guy and talked to Nick Saban and, and is like got his mouth watering He's over it. He's a fast athletic linebacker, and I think that New England likes guys that just fit their scheme. And obviously, if they went and got him, this fits the scheme. And again, you're you're taking a guy that's buried on the depth chart and getting somebody that's going to play. Right. It's a win. Right it's, now, it's automatically I, a win. Right now, our only official linebacker, middle linebacker, inside linebacker, whatever you want to call it, is Dante Hightower. Dante Hightower. Yeah. So I like the ad. Another Alabama player, welcome to New England. I mean, we're just hucked full of them right now. Yeah, Baltimore's the same way. It's Alabama and OU are the two teams that fill up Baltimore's, all of Baltimore's spots almost. So I feel like that's all the, the big trades. Was there. That's pretty, trying to think. That's I pretty think. much every trade. I'm looking at We talked at about it. Denver. We just talked about Khalil Mack. We talked about talked about Carson Wentz. Yep. Felt weird. Didn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. So. Again, it feels like more of an off the field trade, if anything. Um. So yeah, I think that's it. Into the NBA. Into the NBA. You want to read it? Yeah. Before yeah. we get there, another quick, quick word. This ad comes to you from KiwiCo. They believe that creative confidence helps kids think big and act like creators and producers instead of just consumers. KiwiCo had a deep appreciation for the creative hands-on projects that encourage this kind of thinking, but as a parent, most often but as a parent, most often found that my best intentions fell short. KiwiCo was created to celebrate kids' natural creativity and curiosity while helping parents who want to bring enriching experiences to their children. KiwiCo wants to make it fun, easy, and delightful for families to spend time building, exploring, and creating together. And ultimately, they hope that the problem-solving skills and creative confidence the kids gain today will help them tackle the challenges and opportunities of tomorrow. Since its inception, the KiwiCo team has grown. They've added creative designers who dream up the projects, valued valued experts who review them, and a community of kid testers who keep us on our toes and ensure that the projects are fun and engaging. KiwiCo is excited to have the opportunity to deliver these experiences to the creative kids in your life. So make sure you guys go check out KiwiCo today. Please, please do. Um, on to the NBA. Um, we've got some some looser topics, you know. Yeah. I feel like we needed last week was a was a tougher episode. You know, we really dug in. Real I, rigorous. Yeah, and I feel like we spent a lot of time on that and was really well thought out and you know, we, we spent it was pretty intense. So when it comes to the NBA, we're gonna be a little bit lighter this time. Um Pop breaks the all time regular season record. So I think that's for wins, good. Right? For wins, yep. So I, I think, you know, we don't have to talk about that a lot. It's just that's a quick hit there, but I think that's a, a really cool thing. It's well deserved. I think he's the greatest head coach of all time. So Really? I do. I do believe so. Interesting. Why do you think that? Um I just I don't know. I've never been a huge um never been a huge uh, Phil Jackson guy, to be honest. Why is that? Um uh, I feel like I don't know, it's tough to say that and then turn around and say that about Popovich and that loop into the same guy. You've gotta have really great players to be a great all time coach. Ooh, excuse me. Now, mind you, Phil Jackson has had, in our opinions, two top five guys of all yeah. time. In my opinion, two top three guys of all right. time. Right. And the, well, I was kind of trying to be vague for a purpose. And then one of those teams had two top ten guys. Did you have Shaq in your top ten? I believe so. Yeah, I think if so. If he wasn't ten, he was nowhere. He was eleven. Yeah. So he because I know KD was twelve. Point being, he's had to. Be, he's had the the luxury of coaching 
three top 15 guys of all time. 100%. I feel like Pop has done did more with more average players. Like I think he elevated Tony Parker to a really high level. Elevated Monte Ginobili. Yeah, Monte Ginobili like was found, able to take some pieces and, and found really build Kawhi them. found Kawhi Leonard in the middle of the first round and turned him into LeBron's worst nightmare in the 2014 finals. To me, that'll be like the biggest what if that's out there is what if Kawhi had stayed? Like what kind of team could a pop have built around Kawhi Leonard? Now the thing is I don't think Kawhi Leonard was Pop's kind of superstar is part of the reason why he left. I think Pop needs a, a leader, kind of, you know, a, a guy with a voice, a strong guy. Is Tim Duncan a vocal guy? <laughs> I don't know. It's It seems weird. You say he's not a vocal guy, but no one ever – Kawhi Leonard gets called out for his leadership qualities all the time, mm. whereas, like, that never really happened with Tim Duncan. I felt like yeah. maybe Tim Duncan was the kind of guy who only said something when it needed to be said. And Tim, Tim Duncan, with nothing else, had a great relationship with the two stars around him and Tony Parker and Monty Ginobili. Right. He knew how to at least manage two relationships. Maybe that's all he needed. I don't know. I, I really like Eric Spolstra because he's one of those guys that when he had really great players, he was able to elevate them. And when he's had good players, he's been able to also elevate them. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like he, this Heat team's best player is Jimmy Butler. They're the best team. Or they're the one seed in the they're East. They're the one seed in the East right now. Like, I feel like he's he's one of those guys who's done a lot with what he's had. Now, like, the difference is, is like, there's coaches who have done that who aren't to that same level. Like, Billy Donovan, and he's not even in the conversation for the greatest coach of all time. I'm just kind of, Obviously. on a side note to kind of, kind of strengthen my point here, Billy Donovan is a really good coach if you have average players. Like, he's able – he's a, like a Tom Thibodeau where he can take, you know, C-plus guys and make them B-plus guys, maybe A-minus guys. You know what I mean? We've mm-hmm. seen Billy Donovan, what he's done this year in Chicago. We saw what Tom Thibodeau did last year in New York. Um, Brad Stevens is another example of, you know, a guy who can take C-plus guys and make them B-plus guys, right? Like, Boston was at their best when they didn't have a superstar team, and when they did, they stunk. Yeah. Spolster's also one of the few guys to ever survive LeBron James coming to town. It's true. And not being canned. Because there's uh, carnage afterwards. Whenever that man leaves, there's bad contracts and yeah, well, Yeah, because guess what? He elevates everyone around him, at least on the court. So we're like, well, fuck. I got to give Tristan Thompson $80 million. I don't want to lose him. And then LeBron leaves the year after, and you're like, fuck, he is nowhere near as good anymore. <laughs> like, well, it, and it also puts you in a win-now mode all the t- immediately. Like, you yeah. get him, and you're like, okay, we have to have him. We're, we're in win-now mode. So mm-hmm. it, it makes sense. But I think it's good for Pop. I, I mean, he's definitely, without argument, a top three coach of all time. Yeah, 100%. Um, so I'm, I'm happy for him. I think it's cool. I think this is probably his last year coaching in San Antonio. I'm sure he'll he'll retire. I'd love to see him like coach the Lakers or something crazy like that next year. It would be. I still. I don't think that'll happen. Uh, but I wanted LeBron James in San Antonio so bad before he landed in L.A. That could have been cool. I would have been so cool. Are you kidding me? Especially yeah. like because it would have been cool to see the power dynamic. Because can he can he force this person to win now mode where they give up such a young core to go get superstars? Is that possible with Pop there? Also, just. Pop's mind and LeBron's mind on the same team would have been nuts. How I mean, Pop is probably one of the one of the few guys in the league right now that LeBron would have to respect his coaching. Hundred percent. I think. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I would guess that would be like one of the few guys where LeBron's going to go. Okay. And and if there's not a ton, 
That's the one. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they're. I don't. I don't think Frank Vogel really controls that team all that much. And I think young LeBron may not have liked it. I think LeBron is not old enough, being thirty-seven effing years old, that he is now. He's he's an old man mentally to where he's like, I'm really good mentally. I'm one of the best, if not the best, player of all time when it comes to IQ. This is probably the only effort that I've been able to sit across the table from and feel like he's on the same level. And, and I feel like you would respect that, whereas maybe a younger Braun coming out of Cleveland or out of Miami may have been like, you don't fucking know as much as me. I don't care what you have to say. Right. So I feel like it would have fit so much better, but I, I really wanted to see it because it would have just been such a cool dynamic Well, and they would be the best elevation team out there. So Pop would elevate the people around LeBron while LeBron's doing it. So it's like, oh my God. It'd be really. John Tavares int- an all star. Right. Exactly. Right like, what Two would, years out of schedule. What would happen there? That would It would just always be really interesting to me. I wanted that so bad. You have no idea. But next one we got here is. Let's talk about – we're a little bit late to this. I know people have already kind of you know, been on the subject and kind of moved on. But people comparing Harden to Embiid to Shaq and Kobe is maybe one of the most atrocious things that I've ever heard. I mean we, we've talked about the legacies that Shaq and Kobe have already. Yeah. Maybe Harden in Houston, like prime Houston Harden. Not even close. I think he's somewhat close to Kobe Bryant. That guy did average 35 a game in a year. But Embiid and Shaquille O'Neal are nowhere near on the same playing field. That is where the dissension to me falls. And that's weird because I'm the opposite. I think Embiid is closer to Shaq than Harden ever will be to Kobe. I think Harden now – I agree that Harden now is – there's a bigger gap between Harden now and Kobe than there is Embiid and Shaq. But – when you put all four guys in their prime, I think the gap is bigger between Shaq and Embiid. And that's one of the biggest differences here, too, is like Shaq and Kobe played with each other in their primes, where Embiid the, is in his prime and be, Harden is not. Yeah, at the beginning of their primes. And Harden is still an extremely talented player. Really good player. Like he's, I think he's leading the league in assists right now, I believe. I could be wrong. Um, he still puts up 18, 19. I don't know what his averages are since he's got to Philly. Probably close to 20 a night now. Um but Shaq and Kobe, like Shaq, they were Kobe was like twenty three years old when Shaq was there, like they were young. Forget the fucking prime; they were like entering their prime. Shaq was in his prime. I do think Laker Shaq is the best version of him, and probably if you take just you know if you're allowed to cut up guys' careers and extend it for a full length, I think Laker Shaq is probably the best center of all time. If you played at that level the way he did for. 10 to 15 years. That's the greatest center of all time. I don't even really think it's that close to me. I think Shaq is the greatest center of all time. I don't know who I'd... that. I think uh, that's, it's interesting. You bring that up. I think center is by far and away the hardest position to nail down who the best is of all time. That, that's always the problem with Shaq. Like Shaq has to be a top 10 player because if you were to do a Mount Rushmore, not even a, you know, if you were to do your greatest starting five of all time, I don't know how you put anyone at center besides Shaquille O'Neal. I would have a really hard time. I mean, maybe you, you would like if we were saying you have to stick to truly what people played, right? Like you can't flex people. Tim Duncan's not a center. Tim Duncan was a power forward for a majority of his for all of his career. Really, he was the power forward. Yeah, he did play center for a little bit, but again, he was he's more way more known as a four than four exactly. So to me, it's like how do you have a guy who is easily the best starting five, a true starting like a five? You know what I mean? Like, how do you have him outside your top 10 if he's the best center of all time? Yeah, because, well, everybody puts Kareem up there. But no one ever picks Kareem when you're picking a starting five. 
Right. Because like I said, what is what does everyone say? Do they say Shaq or do they say Lakers Shaq? Lakers Shaq is the most dominant force that's ever been captured by a lens on a basketball court. Right. I think. So the center is so hard to because you look at best point guard, Magic Johnson. Best yep. shooting guard, Michael Jordan. Yep. Best small forward, LeBron, LeBron James. James. Best power forward can get iffy. I think Tim Duncan. Some people think Carl Malone. Some people, I don't, I mean, where yeah. do you fall on the power forward scale? Do I don't know. It's so tough because it's Power like, forward's tough, but I think center's the toughest. When when you get to like three and four, when you talk about the difference between a small forward and a power forward, it's like, you could almost argue that LeBron. And Kevin Durant are fours. Right. And not actual three. You know what I mean? Like that, like to I me. I still that, count both of those guys as threes in my head. Mm-hmm. Just because I feel like a majority of their career, that's kind of where they played at. I think basketball's taken that step in the last four or five years. I think I think Durant's probably played more four in his life than he's played three. He was a three in OKC. And I think I think he was a three in Golden State, if I remember right, because I think they played Draymond at the four and then they had a five. Yeah, that's in the game. true. Maybe I don't know. But I, I like them both better at the four because it gives me an extra shooter at the three versus what I, I mean. Can Kevin get at the Durant four. is seven foot one, so Kevin Durant can play whatever the f- he wants to play. Or what is he? He's like seven two or whatever he is. Seven, I think he's just flat seven. He's listed at six ten. Well, that's a lie. Have you heard the reason why? Oh, no, he he's did listed that? at six nine. Uh, that's a lie. Yeah, he said he did that because it's like they try to push you to like forward or whatever. Yeah. They try like, to make you a four. If you're like over that mark. So. Well, yeah. Cause can you imagine if this kid, like they're like, Oh, uh, what position do you play? You're like small forward. Like how tall are you? Seven foot. Like get your ass in the post. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I can understand that sentiment. hundred percent. But, but like at the five, Bill Russell comes in the conversation in a lot of people's books, not in mine. Yeah. Wilt Chamberlain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Shaquille O'Neal are automatic. Like any, you could see any four of those guys be the greatest center of all time and you're like i can see it I think, I, i'm a huge Hakeem Olajuwon fan so the problem is is Shaq. the thing that holds Shaq back all time was the longevity issue like he wasn't very dominant for he was dominant but he just wasn't as dominant as long as like a kareem so all time i would take kareem but if we're talking like peak career i'm taking Shaq all day yeah like i said if yeah. i take what Shaq was in purple and gold and extend it for 12 to 15 years no debate to be had. But sh- Embiid is not unguardable, right? Like Embiid is is good, is a is great, but he's not unguardable. Harden is not Kobe level. At the end, not of right a, now. No. At the end of a game, even I mean, even in his peak, I really don't think he was unguardable. I think at his peak, I think he was. There, like I said, the average thirty five a game. Like I don't think Kobe, Kobe Bryant ever did that. Like clutch, like. Clutch, no. Get a bucket at the end of the game. It's not even. It's we're not even in the same Cat. continent. We're not even. Maybe not even on the same planet when it comes to Kobe versus Harden. Yeah, fair I, enough. I'm taking Kobe in that situation all day over James. Harden. I would agree, hundred percent. Especially not James Harden now. And, not even talking about peak. And you want to get into defense? Those two defensively versus those two. <laughs> I feel like they're pretty even. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like Kobe is. A, James Harden, I don't think, has ever played any defense in his career. He has, but it's definitely not well documented. It's, yeah, it's not very good. Where Kobe was at least... Kobe you know, was an all-first-team all yeah. NBA defensive player. Kobe was a dog when it came to the defensive end. And Shaq was just so big and so powerful, he was dominant. Was there another signing? Chris Godwin got extended. He signed a full deal. Okay, that's Three good. years, $60 million with... Uh, the $20 million mark. With a $40 million fully guaranteed signing. Christian Kirk or Chris Godwin? <laughs> <laughs> taking Chris Godwin. I'm taking Chris Godwin all day. Not really close. But he'll be a free agent again at 29 years old. 
So he's going to get two paydays. Smart man, smart man. Smart man indeed. All right, next thing we're going to talk about, uh, talk about our, who do you think the biggest surprise this year has been? The Cavaliers. Think the Cavaliers? Yeah, that's not a team I expected to be a top four seed. Well, they're a six seed right now. Are they a six seed? Yeah. Still, uh, the point stands. Not a team. That, that was supposed to be one of the worst teams of basketball. Um, and they're a six seed, which to me, they were a four seed at one point in time. Um, the Knicks are another surprise. Not in a good way, obviously. Hurts both of our souls. Yeah, I wasn't. I didn't want to talk about that. I, I had to put the bullet point because it is true. Bing bong. It is true, but My why? Why do we have to? We can just ignore it. No, I can't. I if I give the Cowboys shit, I have to be real enough to be like the Knicks suck. The Knicks not- suck. The, Tom Thibodeau should get fired, and they should blow up the whole team. Like, I'm just going to come out and say That's it. That's like, how you feel? Oh, my God. If this is Tom Thibodeau Coach of the Year last year. If you're going to rile me up, like, I didn't want to get into it oh for this goodness. exact reason. I think we have time. Do we? Do we have time? Uh, yeah, yeah, we have time. I was like, I time. feel like we have time. We have time. We get riled up about the Knicks. Yeah, we got 15 minutes left. The biggest market in basketball. They need to blow this up. Like, this is this is complete and utter disgrace. Can we cut Julius Randle? That, no. I don't please? think that's an option. I think we're paying him too much money. I want to do it anyway. Julius Randle is like, I'm going to say this, and it's going to probably, I don't know if it's 100% true. I feel like he kind of hosed New Orleans when he signed that contract, and now he's kind of hosing us with the contract. <laughs> yeah. Like, he plays really well. Like, he's one of those guys that plays great in contract years. And then the next year, you're like, my God, what the flip is this? And it's not even that he's, like, I... Like obviously, I care about how he's playing on the field, but like the 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 pushing Knicks personnel guys on the sideline, yelling at the crowd, he's playing like Rasheed Wallace. I'm like, who the fuck are you? Yeah, like, who do you think you are, dude? <laughs> but he had one good year in New York, and New York took over. This man is a crackhead now. And and the biggest thing that drives me nuts too, and oh gosh, now now we're on this, and it's gonna fucking. Get I'm all for it because I haven't got a chance to talk to you about it. Julius so. Randle is awful, and we need to try to trade him. And he's going to be like, like if we just trade him for Russell Westbrook at this point, I'd be ecstatic because I would be 100 percent ecstatic. Well. Westbrook is is a better player right now than Julius Randle is right now, and Westbrook's also better when he's not surrounded by superstars. And the I think, at this thing point. that bothers me the most is RJ Barrett is quietly having a decent season. He's having a career year, isn't he? Now? Yeah, yeah, he's averaging 19.3 points a game. I mean, he's played in 57 games, but, I mean, he gets dogged as being a bust all the time. And I'm like, he's a really solid player. He's a starter in the NBA without question. 100%. So 110%. He, he's not the problem. But, man, is this roster just poorly put together in just so many ways. I mean... How many years are we going to say, oh, Mitchell Robinson, maybe this is the year. Maybe he oh gets good. Oh, my God. Just take the step. I love you. Just Please. Get rid of him. Oh, my um, God. At first, the Kemba Walker signing didn't look that bad. I was like, oh, maybe it makes sense. I didn't like that from day one. Awful. Then terrible. He's made the team worse. It's like He's been benched. They literally have set him down for the rest of the year, and he's going to just try to get somewhere else in the offseason. I just... Evan Fourier has had an okay year. I mean, for what we're his paying. highlight of the season is being bitched by KD last week. That's the issue. Yeah, I feel like actually no, he has had some nuts nights. I'll give him that. Fournier has had some really good nights this year, but not enough to make it feel worth it. Nothing. The problem is, is outside of RJ Barrett, this team isn't special. It's old, outdated, and just not exciting. Lacking superstars. Whereas last year was exciting because R.J. Barrett was you know on the up and coming. Julius Randle had a really good year. Julius Randle was a dark horse MVP. They were surprising. Derrick Rose had a really good sleeper year for us. Somehow, anytime the Derrick Rose plays well, you're going to get a lot of love from the fans. Yeah, because he's one of the most loved players of all time. So, 
I, I just, oh gosh, this this team is just can so they right the ship in the off season? I mean, I don't know who's a free agent this year. Probably nobody good enough to fix this flipping team. Julius Randle, because you'd pr- probably have to get rid of. You have to dump Julius Randle and sign. Two I don't feel like stars. his contract's not that. I think it, what he has one more year left. I feel like. Uh, I thought we signed him to a three-year deal, but I could be wrong. Well, he should have one more year after this year. I think. I thought they they was going to be up by the summer of twenty twenty-two, but I could be wrong. Let's see. Oh God, I don't like the way this looks already. <laughs> it's a lot of money. Oh, oh, yeah. He's a f- wait. He's a free agent this he's, year. Ne- yeah, this year he's a free agent. Nice. Oh wow, I didn't realize that. We're gonna resign him for four years. No, we're no, we're not. Not after this season. He's stunk. I'm knocking on wood right now because I don't want it to happen. But I'm telling you, buddy. We're going to have the third most cap space. Oh. You've been a Knicks fan long enough to know that this team will always find a way to disappoint you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're, they... I, I feel like somehow I've learned that lesson more in less time, but maybe you just hide it well. I just... It burns me. They better let him go. If they don't let this man walk, I'm going to be pissed. Bing I'm, bong. I mean, if they gave him a, a small deal, I wouldn't be too upset. I mean... I would be. This guy's a... If, if, if it wasn't for the, the... Like I said, the shoving the Knicks... There's a guy trying to show him stuff on a laptop on the sideline. He pushed the guy out the way. He's getting in guys' faces, getting in refs' faces, cussing at fans, flipping like giving the thumbs down to fans after he hits a jump shot. Like he's, I mean, I, we've talked about the New York mentality. Like I got really mad with the Javi Baez stuff when he was like giving mm. the thumbs down to fans. It's like you're in New York City. Like you better you're gonna get, get booed if you don't play well. Yeah, like New York City is one of like the old school honest sports cities. Like it's probably the second most brutal fan base that you can be a part of. Philadelphia, I put it one. Really? Yeah. I I, I, I think New York is bad, but also it's spread out, so it's hard to And really there's more analyze. stuff, so it's like Okay, it's like the Knicks. I mean, I don't know. That city is still a Knicks city, no matter how good the Nets play. I feel like Philly fans will go stab Jalen Rager after a game. Like <laughs> I don't like New York fans are going to cuss you out. I can't say that the level of crazy. Philly is did throw snowballs at Santa Claus, so there is there is that factor we have to keep in mind. And I tell you what, they're not on the list now. But three years ago, before they moved to Vegas, the Raiders are on that list too. The black hole was a special thing. The Knicks are minus. Eight hundred eight point seven million dollars in cap space, which puts them at the fourth most going into next year, <laughs> which is crazy. It's so fucking ridiculous it's, how that's allowed. It's so weird because, like, I understand like the NFL cap somewhat, and I like you know, I would say I know more than the average person. I don't understand the NBA cap at all. I don't either. Every all. team is projected to be n- or is is negative as it stands right now. Some Even teams, the number one team. Yeah, the Detroit Pistons, as it sits, like if they changed nothing, would be minus four point four million dollars. Who the fuck are they paying? But the projected cap space is twenty six point four million. So there must be somebody that thirty minute thirty million bonus. What? Yeah, I don't know who is like who they're gonna clear there. I mean, the San Antonio Spurs are the same boat where they're minus five point seven million and expected to be expected to have twenty two million dollars in positive cap space. I don't. I don't understand. It's like that's a. That's ridiculous. That's a twenty-seven. How's the whole NBA the Saints? That makes no sense. Yeah, exactly. Basically, that's what it comes down to. But I think the Knicks are on that list. I think that that that's a good pick uh, to kind of get back to our point of surprise teams. But man, yeah, the Knicks need to blow it up. But um, to me, the biggest surprise this year has been the Memphis Grizzlies. 
Like I loved John Morant. I what, really were they did. third in the the West right now? Second. Yeah. Yeah. Like if That's if I list if I list the top six seeds in the West, and I'll do it in order. Phoenix Suns, we'd expect to be there. Memphis Grizzlies, not really. Golden State at three. Utah Jazz at four. Dallas Mavericks at five. Denver at six. Yeah, I, I'm surprised that Dallas is that high, but they're lower than the Grizzlies. I'm not as surprised. We had the Grizzlies. I had the Grizzlies being the ninth seed in the West, and the Mavs. No, I think it's vice versa. I had the Grizzlies as the eight seed. The Mavs just missing the playoffs. Grizzlies are the two seed, not the eight seed. That's a bigger jump than the Mavs going from nine to six. Right. So, I would agree with you, and that obviously has a lot to do with one player. Um, but excuse me. Um, yeah, the Cavs are definitely up there. I think that's their surprise of the conferences: Cavs and and the Grizzlies. Are the Lakers? The Lakers have got to be a surprise, right? Uh, I mean, I think it's surprising how bad it's gotten. I think we knew that there was a possibility that it didn't work or it didn't work glowingly as a top two seed. I did not see them possibly missing the playoffs completely. Again, if if you had, I, I mean, we, I projected them to be like a one seed. I think I projected them still as a two or a three. So I would say they have to be a surprise now, like after a month into the season or, or a couple months into the season, if you had told me that the Clippers and the Minnesota Twins would still be above them in seeding, I that would be the the thing to me that goes what that makes zero sense to me. So the f- yeah, and also here's the caveat: Kawhi Leonard hasn't played a game, and Paul George has been out for two months. Right. The Clippers and, are still better than the Lakers right now. And right again, now. this is a part of the reason why I love Tyron Lue as a coach. I think he's slightly underrated when it comes to that. But yeah, that's. I think they're a surprise team. I was trying to keep it more on the positive side, but yeah, those I would say for bad teams it goes Knicks, Lakers. For good teams, I think it goes Grizzly Heat. I don't think anyone saw the Heat being a one seed or being up in that top three seed. Hundred percent, yeah. Um, I think I got one more thing for us. Um, who would our MVP vote be for this year? But not our MVP vote of. Who I think will win. Who we think will win, but who would we actually like? Who do we think has the most value to their team, you know? I know what my answer is, and you're going to hate it. Who's your answer? (laughs) Drew's right. No. Uh, Jesus. (laughs) Sorry. That would be so bad. I I I literally wasn't even thinking about it until we talked about the Knicks. Um, John Morant. Yeah, I love that. That was that was um, honestly. I'm gonna change mine now, but that would have been that would have been, been yours. Okay, I could go elsewhere. Like the other two candidates, I don't think he'll win because I think the it's so difficult because the Joker. Uh, Yo- it's gonna be Nikola Jokic won last yeah. year, and he's having a better year this year. And guess what? The Nuggets are the sixth seed. Jamal Murray has not played an effing game. Gary Harris got traded away. Michael Porter Jr. has been hurt. Yeah, this Nuggets team should not be afloat. Yet they are. Yeah, the other side, take the other center, Joel Embiid. Again, I think has been elevated because now they have Harden. Tyrese Maxey's taking a step forward. This team is performing better. Joel Embiid is about as unguardable as it gets to me. I think he's more unguardable than Jokic is. He's not as good of a passer, but he has a three point shot to his game. He has a mid range. Yeah, back to the he's basket, a better shooter for sure. Face up, he could do it all offensively. He's an absolute fiend. And also, guess what? He is ten, not ten times. He's a better defender than Nikola Jokic is. But who's our biggest surprise in the West just now? The Grizzlies went from a projected yeah. eight seed to a two seed. John Morant is the reason that is happening. 
And he's and he's that's t- the elevation. That's it's not Dylan Brooks. It's not Jaron Jackson. Yeah, those guys have been crucial, obviously. But this team does not skyrocket to the second best team in the West without John Morant. So according to the voters' logic, you have to be the top player on a top two seed on either side. Guess what, man? Yeah, he's going to meet that criteria. That is the only guy out of the three guys that meets that criteria. Jimmy Butler, who's the one seed? It would be Devin Booker, I guess. And then who's the two seed out east? Uh, is it? The, is it? It's not the Sixers. It's is the it? Bucks. The Bucks or Giannis again. So John Morant's my MVP. But I, I, I have no issue with the other two guys, to be honest. If it's one of those if it's not one of those three guys, I'll probably riot, to be honest honest with you. I think a guy who's not getting enough love and I, I, I could put two guys kinda in this boat of I think Luca's having a better year this year than he's getting credit for. I, I think agree. just the Luca hype has died somewhat. Um they really need to find a second star to put around him and this team will immediately be a top three seed in the in the West. I also feel like the Denver Nuggets with Donovan Mitchell, I think he's having kind of a sleeper season too. The Jazz, the Utah Jazz. I'm sorry. Did I say Denver Nuggets? Yeah, Yeah, the Jazz. I feel like Donovan – yeah, thank you. I don't know why I always get those two teams mixed up. I think it's because their colors are so similar. You jumble some names every once in a while, but Mm -hmm. it it happens. Happens to the best of us. But I think he's had kind of an under-the-radar season. He's always been good. Yeah. The three seed right now? They're the four seed, yeah. Who's the three uh, that would be the Golden State Warriors. Oh yeah, so they're kind of good. He feels like he to me. He's very comparable as a player to Jason Tatum, not in play styles, but like where they are kind of in their career. Mm. But the difference is, is Jason Tatum plays for the Boston Celtics, and that's a team people watch and care about more. Yeah. So he gets a that's lot a more national hype. television team exactly. Where there's I don't know a lot of Utah Jazz fans. So I do I do know one surprisingly. Oh, do you? I don't know how. But he has a friend I've made in the last three years as a Jazz fan. So. I hope Donovan Mitchell becomes a free agent and we sign him in New York. That's what I have to say. Probably I'd will never happen. Perfectly okay with that. Because we never we can't draft anyone and we can't sign anyone. No, <laughs> we drafted one guy and we traded him away for the potential to get two superstars. But guess who those two effing superstars are going to play with? Right. Nobody. Nobody. But and I, I think the one that I'm going to go with and it's going to surprise a lot of people. Uh, I'm going to go with Jimmy Butler. Like, I feel like the Heat didn't go out and really add anyone nope. to, to this roster, and yet they're playing at a higher level. And I think a lot of that's due – I'll say this. I think Jimmy Butler gets trashed on for not being, like, a great locker room guy just because of what happened in uh, in, in Philly. Philly. And, and I don't in, think it was his fault. And in Minnesota. Right. And I really don't think it was all his fault when it comes to that. But this team is really, really elevated. Um, and you were on the Tyler Hero train long before me. I kind of hated Tyler Hero, and I didn't think he would be that good. Yeah. And he's having an amazing year, too. It's the rotation, man. That is a team. That's the, re- the reason the Heat are good. And Jimmy Butler is the glue that holds it all together. He's the guy that I don't think Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson are anywhere near as good as they are right now without the influence of Jimmy Butler. I agree. So you can say what you want about his issues in Minnesota and about his issues in Philly. Look where Minnesota is now. If you if you take the headline there two games ahead of the Lakers, you're like, well, they're doing really good. No, they're still not in the playoffs. Are they the eight seed or something? Uh, no, they're in the playoffs. Seven seed, eight seed? It's because Cat dropped effing 60 points yesterday. you got to remember ten Ooh. seeds, ten teams make the playoffs now. Yeah, they're, they're a seven seed, so they would be in. So they're, they're, they're at the top of the play-in tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, still... Not a team that was really well 
known for their success at all since he has left or beforehand. And then Philly has had plenty of locker room issues since he has left. Yeah, no, I don't think Philly was his fault at all. I look at that team and I go, yeah, I can see why it was a mess. I don't think Minnesota was either. And I know um, I know, Jimmy hasn't played a lot this season. He's been hurt a lot. He's been banged up. But, but like, the value to his team, because you remove Jimmy Butler from this team. If you were, like, he never played for the Heat. Right. This team is nowhere near. Like I said, I think... The growth of Tyler Hero, the confidence that Hero plays yeah. with, and Duncan Robinson as well, has greatly so much to do with what Jimmy Butler has been able to do since Miami. That was the team that I rooted for while I took a break away from my toxic relationship with the New York Knicks. Yeah, I am back with the Knicks, and I already hate it. But this team is is a Jimmy Butler-made team, man. Because everything we heard, especially coming out of Minnesota, which was the first locker room that he was felt – Everyone felt like he alienated. We heard every single story, and everyone's right. like, "All oh, these stories are so bad. I'm like, these stories are effing true. He'd go out there, beat the starters with the third stringers, <laughs> and he said, who's the fucking, who's the most talented on this, on this fucking team. court right now? It's Carl true. Anthony Towns. They're like, And he said something else. He's like, Andrew Wiggins. He's like, who fucking works the hardest? Me. Me, yeah. Yeah. And outside of this year, and if you, again, the seventh seed is a playing tournament. Outside of this year, they haven't made the playoffs in, like, 19 years. Like, 15 years, I want to say. It's crazy. And then Philly, again, they've had their whole issue with James, or with uh, Joel and Ben Simmons and their breakups. Yeah. It's, it's, it, Philly's just been nothing but drama queen. But, I, I mean, mean I'm, I'm stretching. I feel like I'm really, really grasping at straws for some of these guys because John Morant was 100% far and away my MVP vote. Yeah, and I honestly, I know he probably isn't going to win it. I'm going to be somewhat disappointed that he's not going to win it. I this will year. be too. Um, I feel like what's crazy is that Joel is going to win it, and it's hard to argue against him for all the reasons that I listed. Yeah, he's had a great. But like year. I said, Jokic won it last year, and he's having a better year. And we both think John Moran should be the MVP. And I feel like Embiid's going to be the one that wins it out of the three. That's the crazy part. Yeah, I mean, John Morant's averaging twenty-seven, five, and six. That's pretty solid, right there. It is. It's very solid. Anything else you want to talk about? I think uh, I'm, uh, I'm all good, man. I think we're we're actually right on the money here. So I am extremely excited as a Ravens fan. I'm extremely excited as a member of BDO. I'm just um, uh, I'm a happy guy all around. To be honest, I mean, if you've got any kind of interest here, I mean, BDL is the place to be. We've got baseball, movies, uh, football, basketball. Pop culture, music, rap, music, R and B, yeah, the whole nine. We've got we've got pretty much every subject covered. Um, make if sure you want country music. Let us know. Matt will take you care of. Trust me, Matt can handle the country music. Yeah, for Matt us. and I did fanboy over country music together the other day. You did. I can't remember how we got on the topic, but like he quoted something, and I was like, oh my god, you listen to him or something. I think it was on a snap story, but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you guys got to give us feedback here. It's a we're a growing brand. I mean, our TikTok is. Is doing all right, you know. Uh-huh. It's growing. The podcasts are, are growing. So, I mean, we appreciate you guys. We love you guys. Make sure you uh, you check out our poll. Vote on it. And if yep. you got anything for us, uh, tweet us. At, you know, message us. Whatever, whatever you got to do. There's a million ways to get in touch with us. Yep. At Pissworm Takes on Twitter at Owen underscore Burke. Owen underscore Burke B E R K is where you will find that poll. Make sure you guys go vote on that this week. Um, and it'll be out as soon as the show drops. That that poll will be yeah, out. Yeah, that that tweet will be out. Um, and also, obviously, make sure you go follow us on, on TikTok as well. Boys Don't Lie Podcast on TikTok. We will have a TikTok coming out today. We will have a TikTok that came out yesterday as well. Um, 
as of Wednesday and Thursday. We should have two TikToks out for you this week. So make sure you guys go check out all that. Like I said, everybody posts on there. You can get all your content in one spot on that TikTok page. So that's going to do it. Episode 22, correct, right? Free agency, um, free agency don't, madness. Don't know if I updated it. It's 23, I think. 23, yeah, you're right. It is 23. Episode 23. I think I said 22 at the beginning of the hour. If you listened all the way here, first of all, I love you. Second of all, hopefully you didn't call me a dumb idiot for saying 22 at the beginning, even <laughs> though it clearly says 23. But you know what? If you made it this far, I think you're allowed to call me a dumbass. So I appreciate you guys very much. We will see you guys next week for episode 24 with all the free agency madness continuing. Until then, see you guys next week. Stay safe, stay healthy.